the Podsky with John Baker. For over one year, the revolutionary force in audio entertainment. Oh yeah! Brother, let me talk to you! Freak out, freak out! I just had an out-of-body experience! The insane in the membrane! Brother, yeah! And I'm here for only one reason, and that's to take it to the limit, yeah! Somebody stop the damn man! Living on the edge! Who is your daddy? Hello and welcome to the Podski. I'm your host, the man of a thousand gimmicks, Johnny Bake Show, episode 73. And it we are back to the Podski 100. Today will be 70 through 61. If you have uh, not followed us yet, go back into the archives. You can see everything we've done up from 100 to 81. And you can see the uh, next episode and what we do today. But uh, we got... Justin Andretti in here today, and we got Teddy Mongoose. And uh, what's going on, Andretti? Uh, I'll tell you this much: there, nobody, nobody gives you any heads up about how much an upkeep owning a home is. I'll tell you that you never. There's never any. There's no. There's no playbook, man. It's every single day I'm doing projects with this house, and just, and right now I'm I'm redoing a I'm redoing the um the, the garage floor. And it's just uh, what a process, man. It's it, I, I've power washed that damn thing five times. It's still filthy. I'm using a turbo power washer. I'm going to go one more round, man. And if that thing doesn't doesn't get clean, I'm going to have to just lay the new surface because this is it's just it's 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 it killing me every day. It's take it's taking too long every day. It's just taking too long. I got to get through it. Yeah, the joys of homeownership. We, uh, I mean, it's, it's great. It's fun. It's everything. Everything is fun, and putting your own touch on on an old house is really fun, and doing all that kind of stuff. But it's just the the amount of time that it takes in every little project, every single day that has to be done. Man, like the amount of stuff that we've done in this house just in the last couple months as we've been here is just astronomical. Yeah, I know. It seems like you guys are doing a new project every single week over there. Well, I thought I was going to be able to get this done. So we're going out of town super early Friday morning for the weekend. And we're going up to Los Olivos, which is wine country, which is something that my wife and I do every year around. We go up there for a weekend and stay up there for like two nights. Um, I really wanted to get that garage completely done before we left. That has turned into, well, maybe I can get half of it done. Now it's turned into maybe I can get everything clean and put down the speed patch and, and smooth everything out and then lay the new surface whenever I get back. So hopefully with two more with two more work days here, um, I can get at least that done and let it dry over the weekend. And then I can put the new surface down on Monday, hopefully. Nice. Uh, but yeah, we uh, had a big show that dropped uh, late last week and it was the uh, Tooth and Nail episode two. And uh, if you didn't check that out, go back to the archives and check that out. There's a little fun thing that we did here on the channel. Uh, it was the uh, Forest Hills versus the world. So, uh, Andretti, I know this was your uh, brainchild. So uh, how did it all come together? Well, I think uh, Mongoose is going to join us here shortly. Um, but I, we, I think with the the separation between Tooth and Nail and the Andretti After Dark, so that I'm not really doing any sports-based stuff with the Andretti shows. So those are kind of the two for nail shows. So that's kind of where why it came out as a two for nail. And it was it was so much fun, man. But 
I, I don't know really where it came from. I know we were talking for a while about trying to do some kind of a, some kind of a, a Forest Hills All Star show, or like a like a show of all the all the All Stars and the villains that they played against over the years. But whenever Teddy and I were talking about it, it just kind of got to a point where the show the show sounded like all it was going to be was. I just throwing names back and forth, right? Where I would say, oh, J.J. Madigan. And he would say, oh, you know, Paul Forcellini or whoever it is, right? Just naming names back and forth and doing the accolades. And it just, the more I thought about that, like for as much as that would have been fun just to just to give the names and honor those people, um, I felt like, what if we threw them in, what if we threw people into an actual football game, right? Where, where it was Force Hills versus all those people, put everybody on rosters, split them up by possessions, get everybody covered. But and I think it, it kind of came from Baker. I don't know if you remember this. You might be, you might actually be too young to remember this, but there, there was a, um, there was a thing that ESPN used to do. Um, I think every year called the dream bowl where they would do yeah. like the, the Steelers all-stars from the seventies versus the San Francisco 49ers. You remember that? I like vaguely remember that. So they would show like, it was all cut ups. It was all cut oh, ups. Yeah. 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 It was yeah, it was it was really fun. So I, I remember. Uh, by, the, by the way, really quick. Well, well, is the big show? We're just making a run in really quick. Oh, this is a big bad show tonight. We'll, we'll give you we'll give you a few minutes to get to the ring, big show. Then you can then you can join us in the ring. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, if if I'm modern day Paul, I'm going to need more than a few. So you go ahead, brother. So I think from that, from that Dream Bowl thing that they did, I thought it was kind of cool, you know, watching that as a kid or teen or when it, teenager whenever it came out. Um, and that was video clips, obviously. But they did the audio, and they would say, like, you know, uh, uh, Bradshaw drops back to pass or whatever it is, right? But it might be a clip of, like, Bubby Brister or somebody on the field, right? So it might not even be, it might not even be him. But I thought that was kind of cool the way they did that. But um, kind of just the mesh of of that in my head and the fact that just wanting to honor all those players, man, all the local players and all the people from four seals over the years that, that deserve to deserve to get a get one more uh, one more blow off here, you know, right off into the sunset. Yeah. And uh, I know the one big thing that came out of this whole episode was Canyon Cola. So <laughs> what in the hell is Canyon Cola? Okay, so there's a commercial. I think it's at the end of the first quarter, uh, the commercial for Candy Cola. So um, when I was a water boy, for, for the, uh, I'm not even going to say manager because manager makes it sound like you're in this prestigious position. I was a water boy. I, I chugged water around the field. <laughs> I was a kid. <laughs> but uh, actually, I, I was the one that ran out on the field and got the kicking tees. So I had a little bit more responsibility than what these what these jabrones like the draws had whenever we were kids. But uh, um, anyway, so... so uh, when I was a water boy in the early 90s, uh, Jamie Papinchak, who was a, a really colorful character in, in Four Stills uh, lore over the years, um, he came up with his own character called the Canyon Man. And J Jamie was making T-shirts. He was making all these T-shirts. He was he, he was giving them out to other players on the team. And they, all of them were themed differently. So there was like a there was the, the, the one that I got after I begged him for months to make me a shirt. Because I'm just a, I'm just like a I'm in like third grade, fourth grade, whenever, whenever this is going on, right? And I be, I begged this dude for months to, to make me a canyon, a canyon man shirt. And he finally the one that I got was Canyon Cola. And I remember the slogan that he came up with for Canyon Cola was drink this cola in the Canyon can. It's the only cola for the Canyon man, right? And I was like, oh, this is so awesome. I'm like, you know, I'm in like fourth grade, right? So I took it home, and and unfortunately, at that time, you know, in in the, in the mid uh, 
early to mid nineties, there wasn't a whole lot of like, you know, printing out your own t-shirts at home. Right. So, so Jamie was just kind of drawing these things onto a, um, onto a, onto a shirt with a marker, giving them out to people. Well, you can't wash it. Obviously, you know, you can, you can never wash the shirt. Well, my mom of course throws it into the freaking washer because she's <laughs> a jabron. So she, so she, throws, so the, the, the old Mrs. Andretti, you know, mom Andretti just throws it in the freaking washer and ruins the candy cola shirt. And I was freaking heartbroken over that, but that's kind of where it came from. And then, you know, unfortunately, um, Jamie passed away not too long ago. I, I had heard. And, and I, I reached out to, um, to his, um, his sister-in-law, uh, Mindy, um, who who uh, is crazy because unfortunately her husband was Jamie's brother. Um, Dave was in the game a couple times in the in the Simmons spectacle, but Dave also passed away you know, really recently, which is which is a, a real shame. And he's only a couple years older than me. He was a great dude. Both those guys were awesome. They were so they were always really good guys, man. And, and I reached out to Mindy and I said, "Hey, look, this is what I'm doing." I really would like your permission to make a Canyon Cola shirt. Dave's going to be in the game, but this, you know, to kind of honor Jamie a little bit, I would like to do it. She was freaking all in, dude. She was all in. I, and I, I figured she would be, you know, but um, she was all in. So then I, I went ahead and made that shirt and got that commercial in there. So that's always in there for, for Jamie. Nice. Yeah. So uh, what what's the reception been? Because I've heard nothing but good stuff about it. I mean, everybody was popping, dude. I mean, how, how do you not? Right? It's, it's so it's so outlandish. How do you how do you not pop for it? So I I sent it out to a bunch a million people. I posted it on a couple of different platforms. I stuck it on a on a local um, high school football message board. Um, and every and I even reached out to some of the local news the newspaper uh, reporters too. And everybody everybody seemed to be pretty pretty happy with it. Everybody everybody just loves you know they love hearing it, man. They love hearing the old names. On both sides, you know, four stills people and the people on on the other side too, and I think everybody just had a lot of fun with it, man. Look, it, it was a it was a labor of love. It took a long time. It took a lot of work over the course of probably a month and a half, two months. I have no idea how many hours were put into that, just compiling, just compiling the doing the research, you know, and and, and all that stuff. But it was definitely a labor of love. I'm really glad that we did it, and it was something that we had been talking about for months to set up, and I'm glad we finally came up with a, an idea. Um, that I thought every would like, and it seemed like everybody's been pretty, um, everybody's been pretty positive about it. Yeah. The numbers like downloads wise for the podcast part have been like amazing. So really, I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't, you're the only one that sees that. So I, I haven't even, I haven't even seen it. Uh, over 150 is really already. Yeah. Well, it's great. That's great. And I hope, hopefully everybody got a good kick out of it and got a laugh out of it and had it and had a good time with it. Cause it was a lot of fun for us to record it and heck of a lot of fun to put all that stuff together. Yeah. Absolutely. And I guess that leads us to a bigger question since we, since you did one and you did all of this labor of love, will there be a second one? I mean, it takes a long time. It's a lot of work, man. So yeah, maybe, you know, maybe, I don't know, a couple of years down the road, maybe we do another one, you know, with an updated roster. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd say, I'd say I'd be up, for, I'd be up for doing it again. I need a break. I'll tell you, I'm not doing, it ain't going to be, it ain't going to be in December. I'll tell you that, but it might be, you know, a year from now, two years from now, maybe. But I do, I do want to give. Um, I wanted to give some shout outs, and, and I, you know, I, I wanted to just give some thank yous to people. And I want to, and just keep in mind here, man. Like none of the name, none of these people I'm going to name right now had any clue what what I was going to do. They had no clue. Okay, so if if you don't hold anybody accountable, but I just want, I just want to give people their just due. 
really helpful with this. And the, the list really quick, you know, Mindy Papinchak, I said earlier, she she was I was so happy that she was cool with the uh, with the Canyon Cola idea. The Gras was a big help. Um, Larry Selmer, former Four Stills coach. Sean Faith is a guy I've known. He, he played in the game as a guy I've known for a really long time. He, he loved every second of it. His brother really helpful, too, with names. Um, Carrie Naylor. Um, runs a website called Orange and Black that covers Tyrone football, um, and he runs an unbelievable site, dude. So if you're ever looking for um, looking for some for some Tyrone information, that's the guy to go to. He writes articles every week and posts a ton of awesome stuff. So Carrie Naylor of Orange and Black was a was a help for some of the Tyrone guys. Does Carrie um, Naylor have the Erica Badu song on the website? And if not, could you call Carrie Naylor and say get that on there now? I have no you- idea. You better call Tyrone. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Look, man, I I hate to say it, but I might have just made his website better. So you could have, you could have. Shouts out to you, Carrie. I'm trying to think who. uh, So I had um, Franny. um, You know, Franny was a big help. He's been a a family friend of ours for a hundred years. Um, Brandon Bailey was a, was a really good help with a lot of the information, especially with the records. Um, Colin Stokes from United had no idea what I was going to do. And I asked him a bunch of really stupid questions because my dad's information as gospel. And I asked Colin Stokes a bunch of information based on players that my dad invented. So, so my dad has just got his own multiverse apparently where there's United football players that never really existed. So that's thank you, Colin Stokes, for being a good guy and answering my questions that were completely made up and had nothing to do because they were not real people. So thank you for humoring me on all of that. Um, Cassandra Niglio, the AD at Mount Carmel, was really helping. She she really a, good, a big help. She hooked me up with a guy named Jose Gonzalo, who's the dad of Joel Gonzalo that played for the Mount Carmel team in the game. Jose has been doing the stats in Mount Carmel Academy for 49 years, man. So he he gave me a lot of really great information on the on the Mount Carmel guys. Um, Josh Rerick was a help, and, and all the guys over at Bleacher Coaches were a big help too. And obviously you guys, man. I mean, you guys did a, a – I threw you guys into the fire with this, the two of you, man, and I thought you guys were did a, an unbelievable job. I thought the two of you especially were were awesome on that show, man. And thank you very much for, for doing all that work. Well, the first quarter, and I can apologize out loud because the first quarter I felt like Ricky Bobby after he won his first race where he didn't know what to do with his hands. Do you know what I'm saying? I I felt like that in the first quarter, but then all of a sudden it was shake and bake, baby. You know, that I was pissing excellence. And so like, and, and it was mainly because uh, you were so incredibly um, prepared for this that, and, and that's one thing that people need to know that the most impressive thing about this is that post edits, like all of those things where you are spouting off names and accomplishments in real time of people that didn't even play for our school over 30 years, um, you were doing that in real time. And that's like, if you weren't prepared, you wouldn't have been able to do it. And that allowed me and Bake to just you know, chime in and chime in and, and, and just, just add some, you know, add some crushed red pepper flakes. Hell, shout out, uh, sh- shout out hellfire. Uh, add some crushed red pepper flakes to the fire, man. Well, once I, once I figured out that we could put, um, I could put notes in the Google form, um, in the, in the, uh, the Google sheet, um, on top of the name, 
could just hover over it and see what what the notes I made for everybody. And that dude, man, I'll, I'll tell you what, that made a big difference when we were calling it on the fly. Just being able to do that. I mean, just just trying to use technology as effectively as we can, so we don't have sixteen different things open on the screen. Yeah, it was super easy and it was super fun, and I'm glad everyone uh, that listened. Uh, enjoyed it so we thank you for listening uh and just keep listening to the podcast we got a bunch of cool stuff coming up and we got next week uh obviously today we're going to be continuing our podski 100 which is the hour voted uh best 100 greatest wrestlers and uh so if you haven't listened to that go back and listen to 100 through 80 and then next week is the finale of a series that we've been doing here on the podski it is the hot shots wrestlemania I have it, it is it is JC's coronation. It is JC. No. Every, every, everybody's <laughs> showing up for JC's coronation. And it's gonna be really it, it is gonna be cool when none of us talk to him anymore. Like, hey, hey JC, thanks for coming out. And you were great. And he just disappears for the bottom 50 uh of hey, the just, uh, Podsky 100. Yeah. Dude, you gotta you gotta know your rule, man. When you're when you're the new guy, you can't you can't show up the, the guru, man. What are you yeah, doing? Yeah, dude, you gotta do a couple of jobs, brother. Make you your see? boss look good. Make your yeah, boss look good. Yeah, exactly, man. Come on, JC. You gotta you gotta do his best for business, bro. Just Literally, lay down the mat. Take the take the pin. It's not JC. JC, it's not called the JC ski. Okay. It's the pod ski. <laughs> and you you gotta know where you're from, bruh. The good news is, is that I pulled within 30,000 viewers. So if I take a big swing, there there is something that I was not I was not anticipating happening, which is not good for me. So one of my top superstars may or may not be on the show because they may or may not be holding me up for money. So replace him with Paul White. (laughs) Paul Paul White, dude. (laughs) So that is a little bit of a teaser that you'll see next week uh, on the Hot Shots WrestleMania. So uh, Uh, I I absolutely will cosplay being nails in a jumpsuit, uh, holding you up, and then whenever it gets over, taking you to court because you, you came on to me. So if that's the way that we need to do this, I'm fine. And I've seen that happen at MC did Maryland Championship Wrestling. I've seen that happen in real time. That actually did happen at the uh, Summer Classic. Yeah. You know what I, Baker? You know what I thought of the other day, and I told Danielle because Danielle asked me why I was laughing so hard. And I, for out of nowhere, I remembered when I jumped on the bed, and you said that was like a refrigerator flying past my head. <laughs> So nimble though, you're t- dude. You were you were you were Fred Flintstone bowling. You were Twinkle Toes, and then you just went into orbit. Yes, like out that's of the- what was yeah. That's what was so great about it. It wasn't thump 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 crash. It was boom. Like I yeah. Well, I had a, I had a fifth of Pendleton in me that before I jumped on the bed. That is. Yeah. Cool. I'll tell you what, I wasn't too nimble when I jumped off the planter in the backyard and hurt my knee and my hand and my ankle all in one freaking fell swoop. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I was I climbed up on a planter in flip-flops. And then I was like, well, I'm an athlete. I can jump off the planter and be okay. And I jumped off the planter and hit the freaking patio and screamed because I thought I broke my knee and I thought I broke my ankle and I thought I broke my freaking hand all in the same motion. And I just, dude, I, I felt like such an idiot that I just laid there. I just laid there on the patio like this with my arms spread out thinking, how am I that stupid that I did that, dude? 
take me now, God. <laughs> take, if this is if this be your will, do it. <laughs> I, that's I'm glad that you brought up this. We got into the summer classic stuff because Dude, I thought he was gonna say, I'm glad you brought up Take Me Now, God. <laughs> <laughs> this will be my last show here. On- <laughs> See y'all later. The end of the pod, Steve. Yep, yep. The Jay Seedsky here with uh, Dr. J coming in, starting on uh, the whatever that be uh, with the autumnal equinox or whatever. <laughs> but bringing up the uh, summer classic leads us right into something that we are going to be working on for the holiday. So last year we did the holiday award show, which was an enormously long show, is over five hours long. Uh, but that is our biggest show of the year where we do our end of year awards and we did the summer classic which was the mid-year awards and so now we're going to finalize everything kind of from the summer classic into our end of year award show so the holiday award show is going to be a melding of shows so we're going to have uh andretti after dark is going to be on there we're going to have multiple guests so uh, everyone that you've seen here on the posky before uh, they will be in here. We'll go over the uh, all of our categories uh, like MVP, best tag team, best booker, uh, our female talents, uh, l- like the uh, indie promotions, who are the best prospects, male and female. Uh, we'll get into all of that. So that's something to look forward to. But that we're going to probably schedule wise, just because it was such a long show last year, uh, we're probably going to break that up into two shows. But the cool thing this year is that we're bringing in an Andretti after dark and that's kind of where the fun of this show is going to happen and that's going to be where uh well I'll just let Andretti handle it because this is going to be his part of the show but it's going to be it's going to be a really good time well I mean we're still laying out what it is I mean we have we have another month to plan but I mean I think that just from the group chat I've written down a lot of really good stuff that everybody came up with already I think it'll be kind of like a just like a, a, a holiday show, man, where everybody just gets together and we're, you know, we give each other gifts and all that kind of stuff. And we have fun and we're all sitting around drinking the eggnog and around the roaring fire. And we've got guests coming in and out of the show and, and it'll be really funny and it'll be stupid and it'll be awesome, I think. So, um, yeah, that'll be good. And we'll be talking about, you know, like holiday memories is the most important thing. We want this to be a nostalgia show at the heart of it, you know, where it's kind of like talking about toys that we didn't get or toys that we did get. Um, and what are you doing? <laughs> Turn those camera off. Those are things that I didn't get. I'm going, I'm, 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 I'm pantomiming things that I didn't get years past. Oh my God. Yeah. We can't it's going to be, it'll be fun. It's going to be really fun. We'll be talking about toys. We're talking about going to department stores as kids. We're talking about old commercials and stuff like that. Just at the heart of it's going to be talking about just being a kid and having an awesome time growing up. So looking forward to that big time. Yeah, looking super forward, uh, looking super forward to that. I can't wait. It's the best time of year, Christmas. Already got the tree up. So uh, we're about halfway up. We're about halfway up. I bet you heard that before. Yeah, I'm trying to get erected effectively like uh, the Ultimate Warrior in that uh, mashup on YouTube. That's the greatest thing you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we're before we get into the 100 today, we have. Uh, a big show coming up this weekend, and I know that Mongoose is super excited. For mm-hmm. so, uh, we got full gear, so 
I know that I've been on the uh, fence here. Uh, I haven't been on the fence. I've just been shitting all over AEW. No, I was just going to say, stop lying. Like, and it's okay. Like, <laughs> so yeah. So here's the thing. You are, you are so allowed to, to just turn coat and say, I don't like this. Um, but me and Andretti are here to lock hands and walk everybody through why not only you should spend your $50 or, you know, collaborate with your bros and throw in your whatever, your your share. Um, because we actually spoke on the phone about this a couple of days ago. Listen, man, it is it is a fact. It is a factoid that these builds aren't good and are pretty nonsensical. However, you can write it in pen that if you spend $50, four, five, six, eight, 10, 12 times a year, if they go to that model, you are going to see four, five, six, eight, 10, 12 of the best wrestling shows that you're going to see all year. And I hate to say it, man, but it's the truth of the matter is you can have my money because if I, if I get to watch a four hour show that has matches at the quality that they are, that shows that from start to bar or from start to finish, keep me as invested as they do. Again, the business model isn't it's it's far from perfect, but it's not one that I'm going to complain about. And the other thing is I can skip TV if I need to because that's free. But when I'm what I'm paying for is worth it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I will get out front and say I did I did look up some I I did I did uh ingratiate myself into the uh AW world. I haven't been that fully out of I'm not that fully out. Uh, I do check on things. I see things. I'm not totally out of the loop, but uh, I, I watched a little bit of the control centers today. And just because I can't, I, I don't have time to catch up on all the dynamites and collisions and rampages. And I, I did get, I got excited when they started talking well, about and it. And here's the, and here's the other, the other part with that, John is that in the same way that I have not watched, I haven't watched an episode, a full episode of WWE Raw that wasn't like a, an anniversary show or whatever. Yeah. I Since me and Trey went to one, and that was the first one that I saw start to finish in probably eight years, okay? Yeah. But I also, I also always watch SmackDown. And AEW is literally to the point where if you watch Dynamite, you know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Like like collision collision will be good matches and it and it'll it'll further some storylines and stuff. And what I can say is, first off, this card is freaking awesome. This this card is awesome. Really and good. even though the builds to some of them have been wiki wonky, um, it's look, man, it is what it is. And we can go back and critique a whole lot of things from a whole lot of eras, especially, you know, in the last 20 years of wrestling, but I'm going to give an unpaid cheap plug to, uh, again, we've mentioned this show on this show again and again, uh, wrestling weekly with, uh, Vic Sosa and, uh, Les Thatcher. I'm telling you, man, if you want a take on a one hour, just, snackable you drink this in whenever you can during the week take on what's happening in AEW and wwe please listen to wrestling weekly with les thatcher and vic sosa because what they do is they go through programs that are happening in both companies 
And they somehow do this in an hour, which, you know, we can't do this thing in two and a half, but they do it in an hour. And Les Thatcher is so good. And he is so good. And one thing that Vic Sosa said out loud, which was like, oh my gosh, you have the temperature of the room, is that Tony's, Tony Khan's booking is so up, down, left, and right that you think it's beyond repair. But if you would have said to them, you know, me, meaning Vic and, and Les in 2019, that the WWE is literally overnight just going to snap, switch, and it's going to be great, they would have said, you're crazy, it ain't going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it happened. Like It literally happened. Overnight, they went from cold, boring, oh my gosh, great balls of fire is the pay-per-view to their attendance is up, their pay-per-views are up. Like these aren't even fake WWE numbers. These are real life numbers. They're seriously- I think morale. How many people have been resurrected already? Yeah, yeah. And, and, And this happened overnight. And their point was that as dead as we want to say AEW is in terms of like, they're in a corner that they can't book themselves out of, the WWE was in that for five years, and they're out of it. They might, you know, and I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to vote. I don't want to vote too early on this because I want to make sure that we get down the road before making this call. But it really seems like it's no longer there's there's no longer um, negative this negative thing about WWE where where other companies can say don't go there, they're going to ruin you. You know, they're going to turn you into this goofball and they're going to steal all your, you know, steal everything that makes you cool and take it away from you. And you're, and you're just you're just going to get buried in the mid card. I don't think that's really the case anymore. man. It's, it's, that's, no, and that's, that's that's something like what are what is AEW other than more money? What are they what are they offering at this point? Because was what we've seen is big name people go to that company and they get a couple wins or whatever. And then they disappear for three months. Yeah, I guess I guess the idea would be now would be for you to be able to work your your style. And I'm putting air quotes up. So Will Ospreay, for example, could go to the WWE and make a jillion dollars, but he's going to wrestle WWE matches, meaning Will Ospreay will literally wrestle the Logan Paul match at every pay-per-view. That's what he will do. If he wants to expand on his own quote unquote creativity and he wants to hit harder and he wants to do all those things, but do it less times than the moves AEW. So it, it's up to it because the thing is, Will Ospreay will be Logan Paul, but better if he goes to WWE or he can, you know, go to AEW and be a superstar there. So I think that that's the allure is that they won't get, they, they couldn't get Roman Reigns to jump ship. Because why would he ever, right? But they could get these guys on the uh, Kenny Omega in 2019 would have been very interesting. AEW now versus WWE now, like it it went from oh slam dunk because his quote was, "Could I go to WWE and turn my brain off, or do I go to AEW and and sort of you know fly my own ship?" And now I feel like he can go to WWE and not turn his brain off. He would be working a, a, a conventional style match, but they would all be very, very good. Yeah. And he'd be very, very paid. And, and so that, that would be a fascinating one is that, and he's older now. And so him staying with AEW, especially in a company that he helped start, I'm not surprised, but I would have loved to have, I, I guess actually 
I was just going to say I would love to have seen 2019 Kenny Omega make that decision now. I guess that literally is Will Ospreay, right? Like, th- th- it's Ospreay. That's actually so, a really good call. It is. <laughs> yeah, so, so where... There's no bad. There's no bad choice. I, I, there's, there's, there's great. There's great opportunity. I think for him at both companies, man. And, but and, I, and that's the thing, dude. He. What matters most is the man gets paid. And if he'll get paid at AEW, what he would have at WWE, then literally, dude, do what it makes you happy. You know that. That's what it comes to, and that's what's really cool about there still being this two company thing. I still think that everybody grows up wanting that mania that mania moment dude and wanting to be on that on that wrestlemania stage and i i just i feel like it's it's every fan's dream it's every it's every wrestler's dream to to be that to be there man so i how do you turn that down if it's on your if it's on your plate well i guess the one argument against it could be that cody went to wwe because he needed to learn a new hold or whatever his quote was right will osprey is as hot as a free agent as there can be so he could go to AEW, still be in G1s, still go to the Tokyo Dome, still those, still do those things. And then when he's 35, if he feels like his body's breaking down, he's still going to main event a WrestleMania, man. It, you know, like he's not, his star is not going to dim doing that. So there, there's that too, no, which, I, is a, which is a very wrong. good thing. It's a very good it thing. It is. We still, we still might see Omega. We might, we still might see the Young Bucks in the WWE. I, I, the Young Bucks. I'm not sure. Really? Kenny Omega. I think we, we could almost guarantee will be on a WrestleMania match someday. Do you think that the Bucks will never go? Are they not is- that? No, not that I don't think they'll ever go. But I think, I think because because they're tag team guys and the, their style because it is so flippy flop. Which, dude, they're still incredible. But because they're so flippy flop, they won't they won't be able to do that at 40 years old, right? Kenny will be able to do Kenny matches at 40 years old, just smarter. And so that's what I think. I think that they might they might be able to get a late run, but I, I don't know because I think that they can basically they could basically be AEW's Inoki or whatever that can wrestle there forever and everyone's always always gonna pop when they come out. Oh, that's true. And that's yeah, not a bad no. that's not a bad thing either, man. Not a bad thing either. No, I agree. Uh but th- th- like when they're the young bucks, like, like dude, like when they're the young bucks and they're like the rock and roll express and their hairline is starts at the back of their hair completely. You yeah. know what I mean? And they're still the young bucks. Dude, it's not like I ain't gonna ain't gonna pop me. It's it's gonna be great when they're the young bucks and they have rock literal... and roll express still get pops. I mean <laughs> and, and, and dude. You know, really quick, if people don't know this, and uh, I'll tell you, and Jerry, if you don't know, you need to know this story. So the Rock and Roll Express wrestled the Chop and Roll Express, which is Brian Alvarez and Filthy Tom Lawler. Wow. And they wrestled them at at a show in Indiana. I can't remember what the promotion is off the top of my head. I wish I could. Um, But Ricky Morton was scared to death of filthy tom because filthy tom's a shooter okay <laughs> and so he comes up to him in the back and he's like hey you know hey filthy tom <laughs> hey filthy tom heard a lot about you blah 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 i know you're in the ufc all that and um he's like yeah. and alvarez is saying we're trying to go over our match and ricky ricky Morton's just like giving him this like 
I say the side eye, <laughs> you know, but so like he's looking like, eh. and finally he's like, all right, lock up, lock up with me. And so Tom locks up with him and it's, it's soft, right? Like it's, it's a wrestler. And so Ricky, Ricky Moore's like, Oh, you're good to go. I trust you now. And so it's just so funny, man, because, uh, you know, here he is, you know, 60 years old, you know, high flying, all this other stuff, scared to death that filthy Tom was just going to go in there and shoot on him for eight minutes or whatever. So I think that that can be the young bucks though. And instead of them wrestling at, um, you know, random indie, indie shows in Indiana, they will literally always have a place in AEW. Oh, yeah. And again, yeah. and again, that's not a bad thing. No, it's not. Uh, but yeah, getting into the card, we have uh, MJF and a partner TBA versus the Guns uh, for the ROH Tag Team Championship. So do we think MJF gets a partner? We think that he goes out there and uh, does that match by himself. I, I don't know, but either way, it's time to put some kind of belts on the guns because that's one of the biggest success stories in AEW's short history. Yep. The- and, yeah. Yep. And uh prediction, prediction, prediction. It's gonna be Samoa Joe. Ooh. And Samoa Joe is gonna like give MJF a muscle buster. Yeah. That'd be cool. I'm good. And for that. and and because that's that is your world's end pay-per-view main event is Samoa Joe and MJF. Okay. Okay. Sounds good to me, man. Adam Cole has been begging MJF to be with Joe. Joe is a cold-hearted dude. This this Samoa Joe is the best Samoa Joe since NXT Samoa Joe. He he's, is doing some of the best work of his life right now. Dude, he's he's insane. And he actually literally he made the ROH TV title the most important belt in the ROH stratosphere or whatever. Um and then he just gave it up. And the reason, and I love it, is he gave it up because he said, I'm not here to be a television champion, here to be the world champion. And not just a world champion, the world champion. And so that's my thing, John. I think that prediction is that they're together and he outright costs him the match. MJF loses. And that sets up MJF and Samojo at uh, World's End. Hey, let me let me say, I, I don't want to derail, but I want to say this real quick because we're talking about the, the Samoa Joe ROH thing. So... Going back to the Will Ospreay thing real quick. If you bring in a guy like Will Ospreay, okay, and he's obviously going to be a main event guy right away, right? What happens to the Ricky Starks, powerhouse Hobbses of the world at that point? Well, if you if you put another person on top of them and you're not growing from within with some of these guys that need to be need to take the next step into being main eventers, what happens to those guys? I think the answer is if you get Will Ospreay, that you figure it out later. I, I Ospreay's that dude. He he, he he is so much of that dude that you figure it out later. It's one thing if you're going to bring in um Tai Chi. Tai Chi's great, right? But like Tai Chi's a uh, an upper mid-card guy in New Japan. So if you bring him in and that that then seats down. Those guys, it is you know, oh, that's weird, and I don't know if we should have done this. I think you're right too because it seems like they're, they're kind of cycling out some of the guys. Like obviously, Danielson's going to retire soon. Jericho's at the end of the run, you know, yep. for all intents and purposes, he is. Um, Sting is going to retire. You know what yep. I mean? Like there's and, and Omega is not even really in the picture at this point, right? So you there there may maybe there is room for the for some of those guys and for the main main event. There absolutely is. Because in the WWE, 
the reason the WWE has had this renaissance is Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes. That's it. They then built, they built the entire company around two people. And so if, look, if you want to pick one guy to be your guy, I, I would take Will Ospreay to be that guy. I, I really would. And then no you know, question, figure, no no yeah, figure out the, figure out the rest around him. So yes, I, I, that's, that's why I think that that's for him only, you know, like if the great Ocon is a free agent or whatever, it's a whole nother story, but Will Ospreay, Will Ospreay to me is a bigger get than John Moxley. And, and John Moxley at the time was very important because he was a WWE guy, but John Moxley won't carry your company for 10 years. And Will Ospreay will. I think too, too, what I was trying to, what I was kind of getting at was like, there's, there's not room. The, the, the levels are not, not even right. When you look at WWE and NXT versus AEW and ROH, it's just not an, it's not even across the board. Right. Mm -hmm. So being in, being in ROH is not the same thing as being on TV and being in NXT. You know what I mean? So there's, there's, there's maybe more opportunity up and down um, in Stanford than what there would be in, in Jacksonville. Well, and, and, Part of this is, and I actually, this actually made a lot of sense. And I was as pissed as we were about Ring of Honor for the last, you know, eight months doing the show. When Tony Khan said that the CW approached him for ROH, but he didn't want to do it because he wanted to sell AEW's TV first. That made all the sense in the world. It really did. The frustrating thing is, I wish that he sat on ROH until AEW got a deal and then sold off the second brand rather than there being 17 championships that are on the same show all the time. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like it actually makes a lot of sense to say, I'm not going to sell off little brother until I see what big brother gets. And then maybe I can leverage more out of little brother. Like those things all make sense. And I actually do believe now and I'm probably wrong, but I do believe that when the AEW new TV deal comes in, that we're actually going to see the delineation of the brands. And then that delineation of the brands will make ROH way more NXT than it is whatever it is now. Because well, I it hope so. Yeah, it should be, right? It should be. Yeah. I'm excited for it. Um, for once, actually. I actually are, are, we, are, are we only on the first, the, the pre-show match? <laughs> yeah, so we can run through a couple of low card matches here. Uh, for the for the tag team championship, we have Ricky Starks and Big Bill versus uh, LFI versus FTR versus Kings of the Black Throne, which is Brody King and Malachi Black. So that is a um, a four way for the AEW World T uh, Tag Team Champions. We have Why, I, that's going to be that's that, that, I, that's a four and a half star match. Up. That's a four and a half star match, man. They're going to lose those belts there because Ricky Starks is already talking about how they're going to have the longest title reign ever. That means they're going to lose the tag team belts on, on Saturday. Yeah, you're right. And and that's a four and a half star match. It's going to be great. And I, I, I would, I would not mind at all if that went on Kings of the Black Throne because they are great. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also wouldn't hate if that went to Roosh and Drulistico. Me neither. Me Dude, neither. Roosh murdered. Murdered on Saturday, brother. Dude, I told you, man, during the pandemic, when I went back and watched all those ROH shows, I was like, how the hell is this dude not the biggest superstar in the freaking world? He is a killer. 
He's well, awesome. And, so here's the here's the answer to this, Andretti, is that I was listening to one of the observer shows and they actually made they they made the reason the reason why that's true is that Roosh is that dude and it is hard to get people to get in the ring with that dude. He's he's that dude in real life. But, but the, and that's it's hard to get people in the ring with him because he's going to blow you up because he goes a million miles an hour and he's going to beat the ever loving hell out of you. And so, 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 so you need to be Danielson, which him and Danielson had an insane, you ought to be Moxley, him and Moxley had an insane match. And there's not a whole lot of people that are willing to go out on a Wednesday at a million miles an hour for 18 minutes and get the crap beat out of you. And, and that's, I think that that's, that's his little barrier, but I would love for him to be that, be a tag team champion. I think I mean, that's great. why you, that's why you put a belt on that dude, man. Mm-hmm. That, that guy, that guy needs to have a belt. Yep. Yep. I don't even care. Just put a belt on him. Yeah. Uh, then we got Chris Statlander versus Julia Hart, red velvet and sky blue for the TBS championship match. And we can go over this really quick. And I, I want to apologize to Julia Hart because I buried her on one of the shows recently. She has gotten way better. She's gotten way better, man. And, and I got to give her credit for that. That moonsault that she does is excellent. But I'm going to say this. She's she's too pretty for that for that character. And that's I think it is a hindrance. I really do. I think she's I think she's too pretty for that for that role. She doesn't look evil. She doesn't even look mean. Um, it's just, it's a weird fit. It's just, it, it doesn't feel right for some reason. And this match is a mess. Statlander is champ has not been great. I mean, I don't know why these, why these women are getting a title match. Why Willow Nightingale is not getting a belt and not being the, the, you know, why it's not her and Statlander in a singles match. I have no idea. I don't know what the hell we're doing, man. It's this whole, the whole division right now feels like it's just, it, it's just lost. Yeah. And, and, so Julia Hart just beat Red Velvet. Clean. Clean as a sheet in the middle of the ring. So now Red Velvet or Sky Blue gets the title shot in this three-way, mm-hmm. which doesn't make any sense. Um, I would have been fine with Statlander Hart too. And the reason why is that Hart was Hart worked a wonderful match. Wrestle Dream, I had the I had the noddest expectations for um Statlander and Julia Hart. And it was it was fine. I don't want to say great. It was fine. I think Julia Hart, even though you're right there, Andretti, she doesn't look like she fits her gimmick. It actually has given her a lot of confidence as with presence and in the ring. And so even if it doesn't fit her, if it works for her, it it works because she wouldn't have got better if she didn't feel confident in the role that she was playing because she was not it as the cheerleader in the varsity blondes. Right. Do you know what I mean? So I, I like even though a pretty cheerleader fits her way better, yeah. This role made her be better. Um, so I would much rather this just be Statlander Hart too. And I would have loved to have seen Hart beat Statlander clean, one or not clean, but one-on-one with you know, whatever, mist or gimmicks or whatever it is. Uh, I think that that would have been the move, but whatever. I, I don't know why we gotta keep shoehorning red velvet and red velvet's not ready for a pay-per-view match she might not even be in it it might be sky blue and if it is sky blue the other thing here is that you want my uh here's 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 a mongoose take b2 um sky blue because she already has the dripping eye eye uh makeup will 
double team and kill Chris Statlander so that Julia Hart wins and Sky Blue joins the House of Black? I mean, look, I don't want people to think that I'm I'm super negative on Julia Hart. I just I, I'm just my own personal take is I don't agree with the casting. That's all it is. It's got nothing to do with her talent level. I think that she's gotten phenomenally better. There's absolutely a place for her on the roster. I just don't know if I like her in that character. I, and I agree. My point is that as pretty cheerleader, which she is, she wasn't good. And so so if this role made her be better, you're right. Then go with it. Then go with it. And yep, and and because she missed it, Sky Blue, Sky Blue came out with her. Her running makeup, I think this turns into a two-on-one and a coronation for Julia Hart. Which, sure. you know okay. what, it's, it, it saves Statlander, too. Sure. Next, we got uh, the Golden Jets. We got Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho versus the Young Bucks, which I am actually very interested uh, how this match goes. I, I'm actually, have, they wrestled, actually have they wrestled a match together? Why, why is there a stipulation for be a team again? So, so I'm so lost on that. So here's the thing, Andretti, and and Wrestling Weekly said this perfectly, that this is the stupidest uh, stipulation ever, okay? Mm-hmm. But here's here's where here's where I'll play I'll play, you know, TK. So here's where I'm going to stop bleed or stop Lincoln. All right? So here's the deal, guys, okay? We and I'm not going to blink here audience. So here's the deal. And the way that it does make sense is I, I can't do it without blinking. So <laughs> I, I, I need I, I need more cocaine. Um, but here's the thing: the the way the thing, allegations not back. <laughs> but the the way the Allegedly. way that, right the way that they made it make sense, and it's only because of the delivery of the promo of the young bucks and Omega and Jericho, which are obviously friends, which obviously know how to play off each other. The promo where we did, where they did this was the Young Bucks for two weeks have been pissed off because where's Kenny, right? Shit's been going wrong for us. Where's Kenny? Mm-hmm. And Kenny's been teaming with Jericho because of this callous thing. And they're doing a promo backstage and the Young Bucks come up and say, hey, uh, you are hanging out with Jericho who's not the elite, like we we started this company, like we're best friends. What are you doing? And Chris Jericho says, uh, okay, Young Bucks, um, we had our own thing to deal with, back off. And the Young Bucks say, knock it off. You know, we're the best tag team in the world. And Kenny Omega, what I liked about this, Kenny Omega says, you know what? You are the best tag team in the world. And you've lost to me twice in tag team matches. I beat you with uh, Hangman and I beat you with Obushi, Obushi, which, by the way, sidebar, the two best tag team matches I've ever seen in my life yes. are Young Bucks versus Kenny and Hangman and Kenny, Kenny versus Obushi. Um, 100%. You know, and so he says, so we'll beat you. And the Young Bucks say, so if we beat you, or they say, Jericho says, if we beat you, we want your tag title shot. Mm-hmm. And the Young Bucks say, well, you know what? You've been taking Kenny, so if you're going to take Kenny, then we want you to break up as a team so we get Kenny back. In that way, it actually does make sense, but for it being that big of a stipulation, it doesn't make sense. Do you know what I mean? Like, So I do understand the booking. I also have a lot of problems with the booking because to never be a team again, 
you would think that like Omega and Jericho would have already won the tag team titles. Yeah. That would be, that would be something. So if they won the tag team titles and they said, ah, you guys can't team anymore. Like that, that could be, I don't know. Or no, if it was vice, or if it was vice versa, where it was Omega and and Jericho had the tag team title shot, mm-hmm. and, and they put that on the line versus, you know, we're not going to team anymore. Maybe you know, maybe maybe if if the things were vice versa, that could have, I I don't know, but the the reality of it is that match is going to be absolutely bonkers. It's going to be so good, so I can't wait for it. Next, we got Hangman Adam Page versus Swerve Strickland. This is their second matchup that they've ever done. And this is, uh, I don't know if this will be a blow off or they'll run to three, but I'm here for it. I think this is going to be awesome. Just awesome. This should be fantastic. Mm-hmm. If, I agree. If, if, John, if you didn't see Hangman's promo on Saturday, you I need saw, to. I saw the beginning of it. I didn't see the whole thing. It's the yeah. best thing he's ever done. And I'm not a fan of him, but you guys know that's the best yeah. thing he's ever done. Yeah, you need to, John, because it's that good. Here's the problem. He gave that two weeks after Swerve Strickland broke into his house and put a Swerve Strickland t-shirt over his daughter over his son. And in the two weeks in the meantime, Hangman was just like at the building eating taquitos. Yeah. <laughs> so 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 that's a problem. Like right. if if that promo, and when you watch it, you'll know if that promo followed a home invasion angle quote-unquote then brother this is a main event anywhere in the country and i mean that right (laughs) it sucks that that promo happened and two weeks earlier swerve was in his house messing with his kid and then in the two weeks in between hangman was in action tonight like do you know what i mean like he yeah. he should he like, should have been burning an effigy of Swerve Strickland and calling on the dark gods to 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 blaspheme his family. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't know. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm I'm excited for that match, and but uh, the I'm, match will be great. That that Wrestle Dream match is top ten matches of the year. Yeah, uh, we got Orange Cassidy versus John Moxley for the international championship. So. Uh, Cassidy's been longtime champion, uh, dropped it, got it back. This is their run back. This was uh, anything Cassidy and Moxley do is going to be awesome. So I'm super excited for this one. I hope it's not just a predictable finish and we just go with Moxley, but I think that's probably what's going to happen. Well, and he, and you know what? They're going to have a great match and it is going to go with Moxley. Um, and the reason I say that is because, because Moxley got hurt and gave it up quick to Phoenix, who then got hurt. And then they went back to, we're, we're literally, it, that's what makes me mad about this is we just went back to, oh, let's just go back to the beginning. Yeah. But the match would be great. We got Sting, Darby Allen, and Adam Copeland versus Christian Cage, Luchasaurus, and Nick Wayne. So uh, this is, I'm excited to to see Copeland or Edge. I, the, the big match is obviously Edge and Christian versus each other. But um, this is a nice way to get them in the ring together. It's kind of, uh, and then it's like Sting and Darby Allen. Darby's got the shoulder issue. 
Uh, you got Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne. I, I, I like, I like this match. I'm, I, this, I this has been great, man. It has. And you know what? They did a great job giving Nick Wayne a win on Saturday. Nick Wayne looks less like a geek. I love that Christian's his new dad. Uh, and, and so, yeah, th- this is, this is going to be fun. It, that's all. It's going to be fun. And hopefully you know what, you know what the best part, the best part of Christian being his new dad is, is that buddy Wayne would be all in. Right, right, because a total worker. Yes. And then in our uh, final two matches, we have the Women's World Championship match and the Men's World Championship match. We have Hukaru Shida versus Timeless Tony Storm. So Timeless I, Tony Storm. Sorry, I, did, I, I stomped all of you, John. Timeless Tony Storm and Next Strong Roddy Strong are the two best things in AEW right now. Yes. Like, like, like with a bullet. And outside of Christian, yes. Yeah, yeah. And and you know what, dude? They're they're better than Christian. And the reason that I say this is that uh time I like I Christian is so good at what he does. He does pops me and everything, but they those two are so over, they're so over, and not that Christian isn't, but like it's it is really, really cool to see something organically get over the way that they did christian like literally worked for months and months talking about dead dads to get to where he is and these two people both found storylines for themselves which just boom and it worked um so if timeless tony storm does not win this match uh then just burn burn the division to the ground man and Uh, here's a really quick you want to talk about worst debuts ever? Mariah May debuts as just being a Tony Storm mark. Yeah. So why is Mariah May not debuting as why? the why? beautiful, oh my gosh, who is this? They yeah, caught she sheet there? of the match. Why'd she come in there with RJ City? Like, that was so dumb. They should have had just... her come in and beat the hell out of Statlander at the pay-per-view. That's what they should have done. That was stupid. I'm saying Sheeta. If dude, yeah, if, yeah, what yeah. if Sheeta? Oh, yeah, what, like, 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 what if what if she just what if Tony threw a shoe and then someone in the audience picked the shoe up it and is- hit Sheeta with it? Yes. And then that led to the finish. And we found out that Mariah May is a huge Tony Storm mark. You, you know, uh, chin up, tits out, watch the shoe. I don't know, man. Give us. The- I, I I feel like th- that was just that was that was too easy, and they made it harder. That yeah. was a good signing. It's a good. It's a good pickup. You, you got to bring her in. You got to bring her in with some fanfare, man. Yeah. 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 I don't. I don't understand it. Um, and they, they just treated her like everybody else. I treated her like every other jabron that they bring in. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. But, 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 Dude, put the belt on Tony Storm. And, and you know what? I, I, I got to say it again. Credit to you, Tony Storm, because I thought you were another WWE cast off, yes. right? That was just that was just taking space on the roster. And her character is great. The way she did it was even better, where it was these outcasts are kind of turning on me and I don't like it. And so she just went full crazy. I, and I, I, she's she's awesome. And Tony Storm is a treasure. She's great. Yep. All right. And then we got the MJF Jay White AW World Championship match. So this should be an excellent match. Super excited for it. But I guess the real question is 
as MJF is the longest reigning champion, I don't see him losing this match. But I the, the larger question here is, who is under the mask? What are your guys' predictions and or thoughts on who that is? I'm really hoping that they have a plan. Because if this is the Black Scorpion Part 2, it's going to be really shitty. Because right now, AEW already kind of has a little bit of a a little bit of a negative reputation. And if they, if this is some goofball, like, dude, it was the last time they revealed somebody, it was cool Carter. And if you don't know who that is, there's a reason for it. Yeah. I actually about that. And I, I'm so glad you said that. Maybe I'll wear a cool Carter shirt to WrestleMania this year. <laughs> what happened to that guy? Where's that guy? Literally came uh, in for one off. It was so bad. That he, he quit wrestling altogether. Yeah. Yeah. Bless the child. Good. The, 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 the person that this should be Britt Baker. I like it. It, sh- it like should it. be Britt. Ba- it's like, it could be a million people. It should be Britt Baker. Where is she? Well, and that's that, it, that yeah. would help. That would help me answer that question to yeah. say, we're catapulting you to being a main event heel lady with a main event heel man, th- that would make a lot of sense. And and I'm hoping she's been so absent from TV because she's the reveal and they wanted us to, to forget about her. Sure. That, that being said, because I said all of that, it'll probably be Serpentico. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's really interesting because we're recording this on Tuesday before Dynamite. So there's a, as a shoot. So, CM Punk just posted something on his Twitter that is him with devil horns. <laughs> He's trolling the shit out of everybody right now, but a lot of people think that he could be the devil. I saw a thing. This is even really weird. I don't think this is true, but I saw a thing on Reddit where Sean Spears was the devil. And I didn't read the explanation why, because I didn't think it made a lot of sense, but I thought it was interesting to, nonetheless. But I, Sean Spears, Sean Spears is the devil because he's the antithesis of everything I want to see on the television. Yes, <laughs> I I think that Britt Baker is is should be public enemy number one in that spot. I think she should be the spot, or it should be actually or or, or Adam Cole, and he's actually not as hurt as what everyone thinks that he is, or that obviously that it is somebody else, and then it ends up being Adam Cole, which I think I one of the things. And, and, and if it's not, if, if Adam Cole is you know as hurt as we, <laughs> part of me, man, still believes that maybe this is just a work, and so, but like if he is that hurt, I I also wouldn't have a problem with it being Roddy Strong yeah. because it, it because. This is the closest thing they have. I we we talked earlier that the Bullet Club or uh, the Elite versus the BCC was the closest thing that AEW had to a Bloodline storyline. The closest thing that they have to a Bloodline or Judge line, Judgment Day storyline now that that has ended mm-hmm. is this Adam Cole uh, next strong thing, and it's not the same. Because it's not this like dick swing and power play, but it's way, way, way entertaining. Yes. And it's super over. And so if it's Roddy Strong, great. You know, like if it's something that keeps that going, I'm I'm in with it. I, I so, what you know who I don't want it to be is a new person. Yes. Yes. I want it to be somebody already there. I don't want it to be a new reveal. I agree. 
Yeah, because the biggest the biggest new reveal that they could have would be Osprey, and Osprey and this company is already a heel, mm-hmm. and so you don't want him to. I mean, I guess that it's a heelish move, right? But I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like that for an Osprey debut. Just please have a plan and don't turn yeah. this into a scorpion. Yeah, I agree. But for all intents and purposes, Full Gear should be a really good show. Check it out. It's on Saturday. Uh, you can get it on BR and uh, pay your $50 for it. It, 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 it. Seriously, it will be great. And it's on a Saturday. Like, yeah, I, th- and that's what I mean. It's, it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Um, can we talk for a second about the uh, World Tag League? Sure. Sure. So I need to say really quick, uh, I probably, well, now that now that New Japan has this app, man, uh, first off, I have not seen what is supposed to be the best month or the best match of the Vernal Equinox. Wait, is Vernal spring? Vernal know. is spring. I think sure. Vernal is spring. So of the of the the autumnal equinox, um, which is Will Osprey versus um, uh, is it Show or Yo? No, no, no. It's shooting Shuda, Shuda. My fault. Yeah, it's Umino. It's Umino. It, yep, Shuda Uno. I have seen everything on that show up until that match. I haven't seen it yet. I keep falling asleep watching. I, I've 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 been watching that show for five nights. Yep, and I keep and, I, and I I heard I heard Osprey and Shooter is insane. I haven't seen it yet, but um, John Moxley versus Great Ocon is, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if you like what I like, but if you do, if you like to see the Great Ocon a, and you like to see John Moxley be, bleed b. And you like to see people just lay in MMA submissions and actual stiff strikes and bleeding and Japanese people running away like Godzilla is stomping through their their city. That match was 20 minutes of everything that I ever, ever could have wanted. Yeah. It was so great, man. And... I bring this up because it really got me excited for the tag league. So for the tag league, um, the teams here, are you familiar with the teams, Andretti? I haven't been keeping up with it because I just, I've been so tied up with that four still show that I hadn't gotten gotten too into it. So listen to the teams, Shooter and Ren Narita, Ishii and Yano, Grado Khan and Hanari, Mikey Nichols and Shane Haste, of course. Yep, Alex Coughlin and Gabe Kidd, of course. Evil and Bad Takahashi, of course. We have Kiyomita and Owiwa. We have Bishop Khan and Toa Leona. So we have the the Gates of Agony coming to New Japan for the World Tag League, which is great. Um, it's this is this is going to be awesome. Uh, and all of those teams are unique, and they all bring something different. Uh, yep. And the B block is Goto and Yoshihashi, Yuji Nagata and Suzuki. Oh my God. <laughs> like, are you kidding me, man? Um, Hikaleo and El Fantasmo, Taichi and Yumiura, uh, Yoda Suji and person to be named, named later, 
that's supposed to not be an LIJ. Uh, Atlanta's just go with Teton. It's just be Teton. Uh, Atlanta's junior and Soberano junior. Soberano so, just turned heel, right? I yes, didn't see it. Which they said that that's an interesting thing because he just turned heel and he's coming there with Atlantis Jr. So what are they going to do? I really like Soberano Jr. is my guy in CMLL. I, I really like him a lot. Him and Teton are awesome. And then they got Lance Archer and Alex Zane and then Bad Luck Fale and Jack Bonza. So this is exciting, man. I don't know who I don't know who Bonza is. He might be a um that might be one of the guys from the um, New Zealand dojo. And he's teamed with Balak Fale, so I hate to say it, but it doesn't matter. Um, but the fact that they have they have Archer there in a team that the AEW sent the Gates of Agony, which is huge. That that is bless you, Tony Khan. That's brilliant, man. Get the Gates of Agony over there. Sure. Um and we get we got uh dude the, this this Nagata and Suzuki team um Atlantis and Sobrano is going to be great uh we have this the 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 uh uh Kiyomina and Oio or oh, help me with uh Awiwa like dude this is you, this you could be know- cool Mongoose, you might know that guy because I do. I, no, I do. I, I I do. Yes, he's a, he was a young lion who's who's in Noah right now, and he's yes. awesome. Yes, and he he was he was in something he was in something recently that I had seen. Um, and so this this is going to be great. And and Kiyomiya was freaking great in the G one. Yeah. You know what else is great about that too is the um, the um, the Renderita Shooter Umino tag yes. team. Great because those guys are those guys are like unlike they're they're. They're like reluctant friends right now, and they're in the dude. Renderita is awesome. He's gonna yes, be yes, he awesome. is. And, and you know who else is Shooter? And I can't wait to see this Osprey Shooter match because it, this is supposed to be like next level five plus stars match. I, I just haven't well, I seen think it yet. I think it's the first of what's probably going to be a career of phenomenal top level matches for that guy, man. Yeah, yeah. So. So I, I needed to get that out there really quick. Thank you, John. I appreciate that. Um, the other thing that we need to say before we move on is, uh, look, AEW booking is terrible, but AEW booking for things, quote unquote, air quotes for the listening audience is great. Dude, they're doing a G1. Yeah. Like, are you ready? Because yeah. this is going to be great. That I saw that, and that's kind of like what got my wheels turning a little bit. Yeah, as long as it's not Brian Danielson, Dalton Castle, uh, which no offense to Dalton Castle, right? But Dalton Castle, um, whatever, uh, Wheeler Yuta, like, like if if we have this, if we put twelve dudes in here that are dudes, mm-hmm. like if we get Danielson, Omega, uh, Alistair Black. Uh, Brody King, like if we get dudes, this can be great. And the reason it, uh, Dave said that Danielson signed with AW to go to G1, wasn't able to go to G1, isn't going to be able to G1. So Tony Khan wanted to bring G1 to him. So if you're bringing G1 to him, you better bring it. It should, well, it should be a bunch of dudes. And then Danhausen should be your Toriano, right? Yeah. Ooh. 
I think my only concern is I don't want it to take away from the G1. Because for me as a fan, the G1 is a really big deal and a really special thing. I don't because it, because it's so opposite end of the year. And even though the, G, the G1 ends in August, but even though like we're we're in we're in winter now. So we're in Tokyo Dome season. So sure. I don't think that it will. And maybe they won't do it again. I think that this is seriously a thing just to be like, hey, Brian Danielson, thank you for signing here. Like, here's everything you ever wanted. That, sure. that That's sort of what I take it as. I yeah. bet we get New Japan people in that tournament. Somebody. It's it, The thing is, it's the buildup to the Tokyo Dome. So maybe. Because they're all going to have to wrestle five matches. Uh, yeah. I get like a Jake Lee or somebody, maybe like a Noah guy in there for that would be would be kind of cool. It will be nobody in the tag league because they can't. It's too much time. Yeah. Yeah, right. you're right. Well, let's, yeah, let's see how it goes. But people that aren't in the tag league, Okada, Tanahashi. Mm-hmm. You make it work. I, I mean, that, that's the thing. I mean, Tanahashi is okay working every night. So, <laughs> I mean, for, for better or worse, he's okay right. going out there every single freaking day. So why not throw him in? All right. Well, we got the Aposki 100. We got 70 through 61. So if you have, yes, if you have not been following along, you can see uh, 100 through 71. You can see that on the screen uh, right now. So if you're following along on YouTube, we thank you for following along on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe. And we got a full 10 here today. This is probably the best set of names that we've had of yet. And uh, we're going to start it off hot here. We have coming in at number 70 with 109 total points. He was on all four of our lists. He was on Andretti's at 67. He was on Mongoose's at 39. JC's at 94. And he was on mine at 95. And that is Conan. Viva la Raza. I'll go. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go first because he was high. So I'm like, hot on Arriba la raza. Um, so here's why I have Conan so high. The two reasons are, three reasons are, one, I was watching WCW Saturday night when he debuted as a luchador in colorful clothes mm-hmm. that just was a really good wrestler. Jack to the gills. Yep, yep, yep. And competing for the TV title. And I, like, I, 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 I bought into him when I was nine. Uh, and then when the NWO took over and especially when they splintered and even though the Wolfpack was the beginning of the end for the company, he was so good in that Wolfpack role, man. Mm. He was the dude that would come out to get the crowd to say his catchphrase. And it was over like Rover, man. And he didn't need to be fighting for a title or anything like that. He he found a role and fit himself into it perfectly with that like you know with that that gangster LA like the plaid shirt blah blah blah. He was so good at that man. So a great worker when I was introduced to him as a, as a young fella in WCW, I did not see his work previous, although he's very decorated. Uh, 
thought that he was an incredible character at the highest point of WCW. And his legacy is that he is the mover and shaker of any and everybody that wears a mask in wrestling. And so, and not only that, he is an observer hall of famer, which is what put him into my top half, because that was my thing is if you were an observer hall of famer, I default to other people who know better than I do. And other people that know better than I do said that he's an all timer and remind people that, you know, the ultimate warrior is not an observer hall of famer, Arnie Anderson, not an observer hall of famer. You know what I mean? Like, but Conan is. And so he's that dude and he deserves to be where he is. And I'm happy that he entered into the, the, you know, that middle third. I'm glad that he made it there. Yeah. When I didn't have anything too much more than what you, I mean, everything you just said was excellent. Um, when when Conan wants to be great, he is really great in the ring. He's fantastic. I mean, I I, I like him a lot more um, in retrospect than what I did at the time. I, I think I just didn't appreciate him, you know, at the time for what he what he was. But you know, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that about him coming out on Saturday night with that initial gimmick in WCW because you know who loved him right out of the gate. For I remember watching Conan on TV for the first time with Leo. Leo said right away he was like, "That dude is going to be awesome." in wrestling. So Leo, Leo was all in on Conan right away. I hate to say this dude. This is, this is going to sound so bad, but it's true. I know that he was tied to being Max Moon, but he was Max Moonish to me in his look, mm-hmm. just his look. Right. And like when the, then when I heard those rumors in the early two thousands, that Max Moon was supposed to be Conan, I was like, dude, that makes all the sense in the world. But the thing is, is Max Moon and WWE sucked. And Conan was awesome, man. Like he yeah. was really good, especially in those TV title matches, man. Yeah, that uh, that guy had an interesting life, man. I mean, he got adopted. Uh, he got in trouble as a as a teenager, or you know, or early twenties, somewhere around there, and had to join the military. And then he ended up getting into wrestling through um, through uh, uh, somebody that introduced him to people in Mexico uh, when he was stationed in San Diego. So I just, uh, I mean, there there probably needs to be a movie made about Conan somewhere down the line because um, he is a really influential figure over the course of time in wrestling and had a had a really colorful, really really uh, crazy life. Yeah, absolutely. I, I got my introduction to conan this is actually really you guys are gonna pop for this i i there i'm i i'm pretty sure that he is on a matchbox a wcw matchbox car that i have sitting in my attic right now and i'm pretty sure it's him in a wolf pack like conan nwo matchbox car i'm for certain that is him well, that's like the Scotty Scott Riggs when i bought with you guys in long island i, I want to get every one of those cars man those cars are awesome yeah. And so like he was my introduction. And then obviously when I went back and watched all those nitros and how awesome he was, uh, especially in that uh, not not really in the cruiserweight, but like kind of, but then really like stepped into his own once they got into the wolf pack and how awesome he was in the wolf pack. Um, but yeah, some uh, accolades here. He was really quick before you get in the accolades. The, the one thing that won't be noted on there. Conan was the 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 Wolfpack house show guy. Mm-hmm. So like if you went to a WCW house show, you weren't going to see Luger and Sting and them, but you were going to see Conan and like that that mattered. And that's a big deal, dude. It it is a big deal if you're that dude. Yeah, it really is. And uh get into the uh, accolades here. He as noted, he was an Observer Hall of Famer class of 2009. He was WCW World Television Champion. 
uh, U.S. heavyweight champion, tag team champion uh, with Rey Mysterio and Billy Kidman. Uh, he was the uh, NWA uh, world tag team champion uh, twice uh, in TNA. Uh, he also won the Lucha Libre Award uh, in the uh, Cauliflower Alley Club in 2022. So uh, he's got uh, numerous. Uh, he was AAA um, America's heavyweight champion. He's he is very very decorated, and the fact that he basically is the kingpin of all lucha, uh, lucha wrestling in America is he was a, he was a major player to be it, it, right when AAA you know was was taken off. Um, I mean that that I, I know I've said this before, but that cage match with Perro Aguayo um, from '94 is on YouTube. When worlds collide, you know AAA WCW show that that's a hell of a hell of a match. Uh, and and it, watch Conan do Rey Mysterio's induction speech. Oh, There's yeah. not a lot of times I'm going to say watch an induction speech. Yes. that's one. Watch his induction speech because that was- that's great too. Oh, it was so good. All right, well, moving on to number 69 with 110 points. He came in on everybody's list again. So he came in at Andretti's list at 70. He came in at Mongoose's list at 70, 55 on JC's, and he came at 99 on mine. And that is the ultimate warrior. What did I do? Lay on my back and let them run over me with lawnmowers. <laughs> Load to spaceship with the rocket fuel. Yeah, listen, man. As a character, the ultimate warrior is top five all time with a bullet ain't lying. It's the truth. All of my friends that I grew up with, he's their favorite wrestler. Okay. (laughs) It's not Hulk Hogan, it's the ultimate warrior. However, however, (laughs) um, for people that actually like wrestling. All right. And didn't just like it whenever they were seven. Uh, there's a lot of shortcomings with Mr. Helwig. And the reason that I have him in the seventies is because he deserved to be on the list because the character was that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. And I did a whole lot of watching stuff that I liked when I was younger in the last seven or eight years and the best stuff with the ultimate warrior was his match with uh savage which that savage is doing and his match with hogan mm-hmm. which that's hogan and all of the production coming up to it's doing mind, was the referee in that match so patterson and hogan pulled up together a hell of a match for that yeah, that's what I mean. and then and then even the rick rude stuff that makes me put Rick Rude higher. It, it nothing made me put the Warrior higher. It made me put other people that worked the Warrior higher because he was that big of a deal, and he was that big of a deal because he would run to the ring with the best entrance music ever, and he would shoulder block, shoulder block, gorilla press, splash, match was over. Right, that was the way that it was. Um, and so all of the other stuff, the crazy, crazy stuff not even being factored into this that's why that's why i have him where he is but look man he deserves to be here he really Absolutely. does he deserves he deserves to be here 
So the that, only that other thing, that, the only other thing I would say is just you know never a student of the game. He he got into it for the money, but perfect time, perfect place for that guy. In, right, right where he was in 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 the in the cosmos, man, right there at that perfect time, perfect place, and his stars just aligned for that guy. One of the most memorable characters ever, for sure. Yeah, I totally agree. That I work for you, John. So, if you wouldn't mind, I do want a little bit of a deep uh, deep dive. So, me and Andretti, like, I I had an Ultimate Warrior, you know, pajamas and stuff. Yeah, because it was in hills. Yeah, right. So like you you were you were introduced to the warrior no earlier than him seeing Hogan seeing him in the reflection of a fake mirror. Tell me tell me tell me about your warrior experience here John. I don't even remember any of that. So like my warrior experience didn't come until like I didn't really dive into Ultimate Warrior until he came back to have the induction into the Hall of Fame. So all of the bad stuff had already happened and all you all I ever heard was bad things about Ultimate Warrior. And then when I go back and watch Ultimate Warrior, it's I see I can't unsee like the things that I've heard about him. I that, that 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 um that uh destruction or whatever self-destruction of the ultimate warrior thing, that is the best. That that hit piece is better than the government released against Al Qaeda, brother. It is it it's it's insanely good at being like, oh, here's all the reasons why this guy sucks. And yeah. I, I and I don't think that you're they're alone. All there. Correct, and they're all correct. Yeah, but that's the thing, man, is that you want to talk about just just you know just painting over everybody's legacy or memories for this legacy, like. That is that's fascinating, John, because that's where that started. It right. was that it was that self-destruction of the ultimate warrior thing. Yeah. So like it, and my whole thing is like I, I know that he deserves to be on the list and going back, literally going back and watching all of the WrestleManias, like he was that match at WrestleMania six was huge. And then like he's yeah. in, I he's in my WrestleMania seven match is better. Like the WrestleMania six was huge. The seven match is better. That's his best match, in my opinion. Yes. And then, you know, you get the rigmarole that happens at SummerSlam 92 and then all of that stuff. But I, then he's in my, my like biggest train wreck matches. I love my guilty pleasure match is the Halloween havoc with him and Hogan. That's my guilty pleasure. I can sit down and watch that match. I don't even care. I know that it is a dumpster fire but it, it warms my heart. I love it. And I will, I literally sit down every Halloween and watch that match. I love it. So for me, he absolutely deserves to be on the list, but I didn't want to give him too high. And I think I probably put him a little too low. He came in at 99 on my list. So obviously I literally, you have I won. Won. like so you, you, anybody that gets on. Yes that and that's so so yeah that that you're good you're good but the, the guy the guy for me he's he's a, a part of my early wrestling love where i would go to my neighbor's house and watch and watch wrestling and the warrior was always a part of that and i and i you know for better or for worse you know in retrospect looking back on the guy's career and everything like it's he's always going to have a place in my heart because he is one of the guys that got me into wrestling. He, he really is. So I have to, you got to give, you got to give credit for that. And you can see the ultimate warrior on hot shots, WrestleMania next week. Nice. Uh, yeah, he, drops. 
Huh? Is he going to take seven elbow drops, kick out? Oh, yes. Absolutely. It and I would say, I would say too, one of the best entrance themes probably ever. He probably has one of the, that was that was the first thing that that was the first thing I mentioned to me is that that music's insane. The entrance is insane. Shaking the ropes is insane. When when it was literally entrance music, shaking the ropes, shoulder block, shoulder block, gorilla press, splash. But you can't do that forever. You know what I mean? You can't. So. And the the as far as accolades go with Ultimate Warrior, he doesn't have a lot. I mean, he has a lot of the bad ones. If you're looking for absolute burials in the Wrestling Observer, he has all of them. So he has a lot of worst wrestler, worst work match, worst interview, worst feud. It's all of the bad stuff. On a lie. That that's them. That's them being jerk offs. Yeah. Because if you want to tell me to uh, take the plane to a nosedive. <laughs> That's how you do an interview. <laughs> uh, but he was um, a, a w- one-time WWF champion. He was a two-time Intercontinental champion. Um, and, you know, he he's in the WWE Hall of Fame. He'll be remembered forever. They have the Warrior Award. Uh, he is cemented in their legacy forever, um, especially with especially with how everything kind of ended with his life and all that. So, um, but yeah. All right, and then we got number 68 on the list. And he came in with uh, 110 points. He was on Andretti's list at 63. He was on Mongoose's list at 79. Did not make the cut for JC, but he was uh, 52 on my list. So I'll go, I'll kick it off here with uh, number 68, and that's William Regal. So I, William Regal for me, like I came in to wrestling whenever he was in that little bit of that commissioner role, uh, whenever, you know, Jericho was like pissing in his tea and they had that match at WrestleMania 17, which is one that I, when I think of a William Regal match, I think about like him and Jericho literally kicking off the biggest, the best WrestleMania of all time. Um, not only was he, did he have really, really good characters. He had the working, uh, the working man gimmick and that was good. He just never really ever seemed to get his footing. Uh, he had a little bit of a career resurgence later on in the uh, in the early 2000s. Um, but William Regal is somebody that is super respected by everybody in the business. He is a very good worker. Never really ever got past the his. He, he really capped his ceiling and that was probably because some of his past problems. Um, but I really, I really, really like William Regal and not, and now seeing what he did, like as the GM of NXT, what he did in AEW, and now what he's back doing with WWE, it kind of, that kind of factored into me bumping him up a little bit higher than probably what he was on everybody else's list. My, my William Regal thing, first off, please splinter in this, the beginning of his manly man. Uh, Titantron, <laughs> he's a man. He's a man, such a man, such a man. He's a real, a real man's man. Dude, and it has the steam engine thing going in the back. 
he has plaid on he's splitting wood okay <laughs> so that's the that it's not that's not just a gimmick that's the best gimmick that anyone's ever been given ever okay and this goes for people that are like military heroes and stuff like there's nothing better than cut off plaid shirt he's a man so that but here's the thing man uh william regal for me and the reason that i have him where i do is because of his wcw run with the again we say it tv championship um those tv title matches are so good him and johnny be bad um you know him him in with that with that alex Wright in with in with that that little uh circle of people um the blue bloods team with uh earl bobby is great um he has a match with arn anderson i believe it is it's either oh maybe it isn't maybe it isn't him it's one of, it's either him or earl bobby there's a there's a steven regal oh no you know what i was i got my wires crossed there is a steven regal match with fit finley on uncensored that's what it is oh yeah where where they just shoot on each other and um fit finley just punches him square in the face and smashes his entire actual face and he's just bleeding like a spirit halloween prop and they're they're putting pins on each other and they're rubbing their forearms in when they're put they tony shivani is giggling with joy because th- these are two buddies right that's the thing is they're bros and they're just shooting on each other in the middle of this match. And Tony Schiavone is like, oh, my gosh, they're fighting. <laughs> I think that it's Uncensored 95. Go see that. And if I'm wrong, John, just like throw it in the YouTube or something to fix it. That match is incredible, man. Um, where where Regal gets, I believe it is Regal, that gets rabbit punched and his his face explodes uh, and they shoot on each other. It's so great, man. And you mentioned the Jericho thing. Awesome. Um, that mid, that early 2000s run WWE, just fine. And then his NXT stuff, great. Helped to catapult MJF. You got it. You got it, William Regal. You got it for me. Yeah, WCW and NXT for me are, are where I think he he really made the, the biggest impact. Um I watched th- there's a match that's really highly rated with him and Cesaro um, from NXT from Christmas Day in 2013. That match is pretty good. Um, I thought it was a little highly rated. So I went and I found the the, the Shinya Hashimoto match from New Japan Battle Rush 95. And those dudes kill each other in that match. And Hashimoto is doing the overhand slaps. Regal's in all his glory because he's he's big freaking powerhouse regal from the wcw days and you'll remember what a that's a freaking awesome thing to see so i love regal man super respected guy super respected technical wrestler a, a mentally respected mind too yeah and some uh career accolades here he- oh really really quick john before we get into those it is it is uh lord steven regal versus the belfast bruiser which was fit thinly and that is uncensored 96 uh, folks, if you have 20 minutes, <laughs> do it. Do it, do it, do it. Hey, Finley's son signed with NXT, I think maybe even today. The younger the younger boy. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway. 
But yeah, some uh, career accolades. He with the Observer, he won a uh, Best Television Announcer in thirteen and fourteen. In the uh, WWF, he was the Hardcore Champion four or five times, European Champion four times, Intercontinental Champion two times, won uh, the World uh, Tag Team Championship four times. I I I really forgot about the stuff that he did with Eugene and how amazing that was. Uh, I just needed to highlight that love from the. I really quick need to say that we we kicked around stuff that we needed to do, guys. There is a Saturday night's main event in the mid two thousands that has Kane and Kevin Thorne and Eugene and um. Other people that are like them in the main event. We should put that on the docket for once the pod ski water's done. So like, I'm going to look this up while you're doing this. I'll, I'll tell you guys. I'll, I'll... Uh, and then one final accolade is that he won King of the Ring in 2008. So uh, William Regal at number 68. <laughs> it's Kane, Eugene, and Doig the Clown versus Kevin Thorne, Umaga, and Viscera. Oh my God, we got to watch that. Okay, I'm, in. I'm in. I'll watch that tonight. I don't give any fucks, man. I'll <laughs> review that show at 6.30 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we will watch that. If you want to leave that in, I don't care. Go ahead, leave that in. Just blake out the fucks. But like, <laughs> dude, I will, is, I'm telling you, we got to watch Kane, that. Kane, Eugene, and Doink the Clown versus Kevin Thorne, Umaga, and Viscera. How much money did they have to give Kane and Umaga to fucking deal with that? <laughs> it's from 2007, and this show was on NBC. We're watching <laughs> that match. This was an NBC main event. We're watching. We got to find Ralphus versus Big Vito, the, the singles match for Ralphus. We got to find that too. Uh, d- d- put an put an all star lineup on, where we do Fit Finley versus William Regal. Ralphus versus uh, whatever. Hey, I just came up with a show idea. We put together own fucking wrestling pay-per-view as a card, and we put these on the card. What do you think? This guy gets it. Yep, he does. Cut all that so we don't give it away. Yeah, yeah. John, <laughs> dude. Kane, Eugene, and Doink. Versus Kevin Thorne, Umaga, and Viscera. I, dude, my, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, my face is gonna start splotching. I'm so. Well, dude, we could do it as a watch. We do it as a watch along. We do it as a pay per view watch, like a watch along. I'm, I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely in. We're doing it. I'm absolutely. That's <laughs> such a great idea. I'm absolutely in. Uh, all right, back to the countdown. Uh, coming in at number 67 with 111 points. He was on Andretti's list at 59. He was on Mongoose's list at 32. And that is Yuji Nagata. Blue Justice, baby! All right, baby, boy. I'll kick us off, and I'll let uh, Andretti take us home. Um, I was introduced to Nagata with the... Sonny Ono manager, you know, just rotten, cool heel kind of guy, whatever. Um, it didn't know what excursions were at the time, didn't realize he was on one or whatever. Uh, but he was great in WCW. And then all of a sudden, uh, as I'm watching W or the uh, New Japan stuff, 
he's showing up like on pre-shows, right? And so again, there's a big gap and it's not like I'm just researching people all the time. And you come to find out that uh, Nagata is a very decorated man, right? He's a G1 winner. He's an IWGP t- uh, title winner. He's all these things. Um, and so I'm seeing him on a bunch of pre-show matches that you would see some of the older people in that, you know, the, the Tenzons and whatever on your dominions and wrestle kingdoms and whatever. And then he wrestles John Moxley on dynamite randomly one day. And they have like a four and a half star match. And uh, Nagata is 55 or whatever he is. And dude, you're a superstar. Um, also should be mentioned that uh, when Naito was hurt, I think it was two G1s ago. He's one of the people that stepped in for Naito in matches. Um, those were great. This, this guy, this guy is the cat's meow, dude. He really is. And I don't have him higher because I didn't see enough of him. But with my observer Hall of Fame rule is where he got to where he was. And from what I have seen from him, that's where I have him where he does. He's great, man. Yuji Nagata is a great pro wrestler. And I'm very, very glad that he's made it this far. Dude, I freaking love Blue Justice, man. I, I mark out so hard for Nagata. Nagata, for me, I got introduced to him just like we did with Tenzan and with Chono and those guys through the WCW stuff, right? So just like you said with the Sonny Ono thing with Nagata um, is kind of how I got introduced. But, dude, when he was in that game, when he was in the w, the WCW NWO Revenge N64 game, I freaking picked Nagata all the time. Every time I played that game, for whatever reason, I just I always took that guy. I, I just fell in love with him from that. Um, but – just this guy, man. I mean, I don't even know where to start talking about the, the, the decorations. And he's one of the greatest wrestlers ever. I mean, the guy was one of the best guys of all time. I mean, he is he is the only person to have ever won the G1, the, the All Japan uh, Champion Carnival, and the NOAA Global League. He's the only person to ever win all three of those singles tournaments, man. And if you think about, like, amazing singles wrestlers from Japanese history – um, dude, uh, Nagata, dude, it's, it's just, it's just, it's blue justice is what it is. I mean, I can't, I can't say enough good stuff about that guy. I mean, I, uh, I found the, um, I'm not sure if it was the match that I was looking for or not, because the, 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 um, the description of the YouTube, uh, the YouTube, uh, video was in Japanese. I couldn't read it, but there's a, um, there's a match with Kensuke Sasaki that is on YouTube that you can find right now where these dudes are just killing each other. There's blood out of Nagata's head. There's blood all over Suzuki's face. And I think at the end of that, at the end of that clip, there's like a hallway, there's a hallway confrontation. And I think it's Suzuki versus a, in a very young uh, Minoru Suzuki have a confrontation in the hallway. So it was kind of cool to see that, you know, Suzu- uh, uh, Minoru and, and Suzuki after that, after the Nagata match, dude, it just, it, this guy's awesome, man. You, you got to go find his stuff when he was in his prime. The guy's still having really good matches even today, but go find his stuff when he was in his prime, you know, early 2000s, late 90s. And you're, it's phenomenal. You're going to love watching that guy. And, and even if you're a, a modern day Mark, that Moxley match, if you haven't seen it, see it because it's great. And and he's in his mid fifties, like so that that that's it, man. 
Yep, and he is also a part of the Observer Hall of Fame. He was voted in in 2018. Um, I mean, and Andretti ran over a list. He's done everything in, in New Japan. Like he's IWGP champion two times, uh, a G1 winner, the Tag League. Um, he's literally won all of it. So um, super glad that Nagata made it on the list. All right, and coming in at 66. With 111 points, he was on all four of our lists. Uh, came in on Andretti's list at 57. Came in on Mongoose's list at 52. JC's at 46. And he came in at mine at 38. And that is Kurt Hennig, Mr. Perfect. And I, I, I like when we have people like that. Like, you want to talk about, like, you feel like they're they're rightly placed. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, that is, Hennig's a good one. Go ahead, John. Yeah, I, I really liked Hennig. Uh, the, obviously, the things that stick out for me with Hennig is all of the promos like him. Every When you think of Mr. Perfect, you I, per, for me, it's, you know, him doing the vignette with everything that was perfect. He like threw the football and then he ran and caught it like that was that's what I remember of Mr. Perfect. And even though I wasn't even like that was before my time and, or it was like right before I was even watching or any of that stuff. Like you'd see that as a fan, as you came in and they, I, WWE has done a fantastic job with keeping Mr. Perfect and lore alive with him. Um, you know, he, he's, he went to a WCW was a part of NWO. He had a really, really good career. And for somebody who, one of those guys that probably should have won the world championship. But they never did. Um, and a great intercontinental champion. One of probably, if not the best, a top five intercontinental champion of all time. I would say it's it's one of the biggest, uh, one of the biggest uh, mistakes the WCW and WWE ever made is that they didn't put a world title on that guy. Yeah. I. You know what? I would say that not the WWF, because he wasn't a world champion. He wasn't big enough at the time. But but when when Rick Rude and Steamboat and those guys went over there, yeah. they should they should have given the house to Henning to come there and get a run with their title belt. Sure. They they that was when that sweet he should have when after after he cost Luger the match at Mania ten. WCW should have given him all the money to say, come here and be our world champion. And that could have been a really cool feud with him and Hogan because Hogan was at that time running through flair and Vader and all that. Like he would have been a really good feeder person, even maybe to beat Hogan. And be great, you know what I mean? Think about, the, think about the, the story to tell there too, is that, you know, you were over there ruining everybody's life in WWF and keeping guys like me back. And now I'm over here and I'm going to beat you for the belt. Yes, yes, story. yes. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the thing, like the crazy thing to me with Mr. Perfect is that when I was watching, uh, I didn't know that he had, he was a thing because I knew him only as a manager and as a commentator on uh, WWF primetime. Um, because they used to have John, they used to have like this round table where it'd be like uh Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan or Vince McMahon and Bobby Heenan, and then Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Hillbilly Jim, and then Mr. Perfect. Okay. So like it was this literal like table of people that would talk about the matches that they were watching. And 
I just remember thinking Mr. Perfect was just so into himself and such a jerk off, right? And then when the Macho Man and the Ultimate Warrior were supposed to be the Ultimate Maniacs, and they had their split because, you know, didn't know the warrior was out of the company. Uh, but the Macho Man says, I'll I'll find a partner. And Heenan says something to perfect to the effect of like, oh, you know, you couldn't do it or whatever. And perfect like turns. Yeah. I was so all in on perfect on what a baby face turn, man. And so that perfect baby face run was incredible. And the one thing that I hated about it was that his heel turn was bad. Like it wasn't a great heel turn. He had such a great face turn and it didn't end up in him having a monster heel turn. Like it was just this like subtle kind of thing where he cost Lex Luger the match and then he's managing Hunter Hearst Helmsley, kind of like, you know what I mean? Like they they definitely were in it like this weirdo flux position with him. Um, and it didn't serve him any justice. But look, man, this guy, he the, the perfect plex is an incredible finisher also that good. the the second generation has, bro. When they came out with that in the same group that had the narcissist uh, Lex Luger and a couple other of those, I was so happy to get a Mr. Perfect. And then I brought it to school and I found out that friends of mine had a Mr. Perfect that was in all yellow singlet. And I was like, yes, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, like this, this guy is that dude. You watch him and Bret Hart, um, his stuff with the genius. Uh, whenever he's in his run, you know, whatever he's wrestling Hogan and house show matches and stuff, uh, he's excellent. And then we would be remiss if we didn't mention rap is crap rap because is rap is crap. Rap is crap is the reason I have him as high as I do. Because one of, his, my, fa- one of my favorite things in WCW history. Yep. 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 His, 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 yep. His, his, his WWF runs great. Rap is crap puts him to where I have him. People, even when he was a heel, when he was doing the Intercontinental run and, and whatnot, um, people still love to watch that guy. And he was a, a big fan favorite even as a heel. So that's why the, the face run was so good, you know, later later on down the line. But that, um, that Intercontinental title at the time was kind of the worker belt, you know, for the most part. And that, the group of people that he was with, that he would like... In that circle, like how you were talking about Regal with the with the TV title, it's, it, that little circle of Intercontinental guys were just phenomenal workers, man. And, and like, I'm glad you mentioned that about the Hart match because the uh, that was it. Um, that was the King of the Ring '93 was was him and Hart. Um, there's a Saturday Night's main event match with him and Tito Santana. Yeah, we don't. I mean, we we've never really given too much love to Santana because his name doesn't just pop doesn't pop up that much. But um, Tito Santana match Saturday Night's main event. Um, July 28th of 1990. I watched that last night. That match was, was awesome. But I mean, Henning is one of the top technical wrestlers ever. You know, he's, it's a, it's a shame. He never got a, he never got a world title run, man. Cause that guy was this beloved inspirational. I mean, just a, a hell of a, hell of a guy to, to work with for sure. Him throwing the towel behind yeah. his head and he and catching it without looking oh. is a top five GIF of all time. So good. Oh, it's, it's, it's awesome. Oh, so good. 
Uh, but yeah, very decorated wrestler. Um, he, he was most improved in the Wrestling Observer. Uh, he won the uh, in WCW. He won the U.S. Heavyweight Championship. He was a tag team champion uh, in WWF. As we mentioned, he was uh, the Intercontinental Champion two times, and he was a Hall of Famer uh, class of 2007. So, uh, but yeah, that is Kurt Henning at 66. Coming in at number 65 with 112 points, he was on Andretti's list at 90. He was on Mongoose's list at 82. He was on JC's list at 48, and he was on my list at 72. And that is Jake the Snake Roberts. And, you know, Jake, he's one of those guys that he didn't have to do, he didn't do a lot in the ring. He didn't do anything crazy, but his finisher, the DDT is one, like he's the only person that makes a DDT look like that. Nobody else makes a DDT look that damn good. And, you know, all the, the infamous stories about him carrying the snake, uh, I think wasn't the snake's name, Adrian, I believe. It was Damien. Damien, sorry, I was close. Uh, but the the snake and how they used to carry him around, and how he would be in DDP's house, and uh, the fact that Macho Man like made uh made Jake have the snake bite him to prove that it was a funny story, which is so which is so incredibly <laughs> funny. Um, and you know that that moment with Macho Man with that snake biting Macho Man's arm is one of the greatest segments in, that WWF television has ever produced. Um, you know, I I'm glad you mentioned that because that was my look my my mom and dad were never into wrestling. They always thought it was the stupidest thing in the world, especially my dad. Right, my dad just thought it was the dumbest thing ever. I remember watching that on TV when Savage was tied up in the freaking ropes uh -huh. and the snake was biting him. And my dad walked in the room. I'll never forget this. My dad walks. He goes, that's not real. That, that snake's not really biting him. And then he stood there for a second and was watching it. And then it, it got revealed. It really, it really bit him, right? It, the snake really bit him. And my dad's freaking jaw almost hit the ground, dude. His eyes, his eyes bugged out of his head. He, my dad was like, that guy really got bit. That, he, he's he's going to get poisoned from that snake. <laughs> what 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 I love is what I what I love is about Jake is that Jake, by all accounts, is Hoganish in that none of those stories are real. <laughs> like like about about him. Hey, Macho said, "Hey, you want to put this? You better have the snake bite you first. Like they're so good stories, but probably none of them are real. But he's <laughs> so good at telling them, man. Yes. Um. And I'll tell you what, I I think that I'd have Jake higher if Jake didn't come back and be a person that I didn't want to see on TV at all for the last four years. Yeah. Yeah. He sucks. He just sucks. And it's not his fault, man. I, it, I, I, it, let me let me say this, though. I, I will say this. I really like Vinny Marsiglia with him. Because Vinny is pretty damn good. And he's a psychological wrestler. Well, him being with the Righteous is way better than him, him being yes. with with Archer. I I, th I actually think that, that 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 trio's team with Dutch and Marsiglia and Archer is actually a really good faction with, with Jake in it, too. Yeah, I, think it's, I, I think it's a really good move. Yeah, I'll give you credit for that. It, that. That group, or that tag team especially, 
with him is way better than just him with Archer because he would come out to talk for Archer. And and this is at a time where everything AW did, like I was ready to tell everybody how good it was. Yeah. And I was, I was ready to turn a TV man. Whenever, uh, a couple, whenever they introduced Lance Archer, Lance Archer, that was really good shit. Yeah. yeah. And so a couple of things with Jake that I need to say, first off, um, everybody that ever was a boy in 1989 through 92 had the Hasbro of Jake the Snake with the yes. snake. Absolutely. And the reason you knew is that even if they weren't wrestling fans, if you looked in your buddy's toy bin, you'd find the snake. Like they had the snake, right? So at least so you know that at least they had that that Hasbro. That Hasbro is awesome. It is That's incredible. Yep, yep. And and the fact that it had the snake and that snake was just so ubiquitous in in everybody's toy bin at that time is great. Um I need to say that we brought this up a couple of weeks ago, the match with Martel, the blindfold match is great. Uh spin the wheel, make the deal, coal, coal miners glove with Sting, one of the worst matches you'll ever see in your life, but Dude, I was all the way in. Yeah. Jake the Snake in a bar, spinning the wheel and making the well, deal. About, that was a huge. That was a huge deal with him at WCW. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. He just loved the the you know the crack and the cocaine and everything else that came Who with doesn't? it. Who doesn't? Right. We we also have. You want to talk about like historic wrestling things. We also have his daughter reading that poem about how oh, terrible of a dad he is and, and beyond the mat. Oh uh, like these are iconic things yes. uh, that go. Um, you have 600 pound Jake and, uh, you know, just just drug riddled and not being good at that WWA event. And then all of a sudden you have him uh, at the uh, recovery crib, you know, with Dallas. So. I, I'm so up and down on Jake the Snake. Yeah, <laughs> he he needed to be here. I always wished I could have his wrestling buddy. That was the one I I had Hulk. He's still upstairs on the rocking chair in Baby Mongus's room. I wished that I had Jake the Snake more than Hulk Hogan, or excuse me, more than Ultimate Warrior, more than DiBiase, the Legion of Doom. That was a great wrestling buddy. Mm. Um, he's 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 an all timer, man. He deserves to be here. I mean, not, not look, not an easy life. That guy has not had an easy life, right, you know, right out the gate. Um, probably his own worst enemy after that, you know, with, with everything that you mentioned. But, I mean, what, a super believable creep is probably. You know what, you, 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 you go into really quick to cut in there. You want to talk about Jake Roberts' bullshit stories. I was more jacked than Hulk Hogan. And they told me, because I was taking steroids, and they told me, be less jacked. Yeah. Because we can't. Oh, yeah, that happened, Jake. Yeah. yeah. In an era in an era where they were throwing tens of thousands of dollars at people to just be juiced. The warlord. Tell the warlord they told him to be less jacked. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. What a liar. But whatever, dude, it, it is what it is. I mean, but, but the thing about that guy, man, impossible not to watch that guy, right? When he's on, like, he's yeah. just impossible not to watch. And I think that's that's a, such an in, in, innovator, stuff. innovator of the whisper promo. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, very innovative. The, the thing, one of the things too, one of my favorite things in wrestling, and just from being from growing up at that era, 
the stuff with him and the ultimate warrior and the undertaker when they're in the cemetery doing those vignettes in the cemetery when jake buries the undertaker alive that is some of my favorite stuff ever in wrestling and it, it never ended they never had a conclusion to it right just because the warrior ended up leaving and they never got yep. the match like we never got the matches out of that right we were supposed to get like a like an ultimate warrior like roberts feud right they just never materialized because he because uh the warrior left yep and then and then jake went to wcw shortly thereafter yeah because because when the warrior came back in 92 jake was it spin the wheel make the deal in wcw because of the whatever the issues that he had with wwf yeah super excited that jake jake absolutely deserves to be on the list Properly rated. Love that he made the list here. Uh, but getting into the next one, number 64 with 116 points. He was on Andretti's list at 66, and he was on JC's list at 20. That's going to be the highest rating that we've had so far here on the show. Probably justified, though. I mean, look, when, when we're when we're all 10 years further into our fandom and we're getting more into, into the, the international guys, we're probably going to have him that high. Yeah, and let me let me just say because I'll, I'll let you talk, Andretti. He should be way higher than he is, and the reason I don't have him ranked is that I didn't see him, and so people I didn't see, I didn't rank. But this guy is that dude. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't. I actually don't have that much to say about him, other than the fact that just the innovation with him and how much he is inspired other. He's, he is absolutely one of the greatest uh, Japanese wrestlers of all time, one of the greatest pro wrestlers of all time, even even, you know, with internationally. I mean, he's he's one of the one of the, four, you know, the, the quote unquote, the four pillars of, of heaven um, with um, um, Toshiaki Kawada, Kenta Kobashi, who we talk about a lot on here in uh, Akira Tao um, are the four all Japan, four pillars of heaven. And, and you know, he he went he left all Japan started pro wrestling Noah, which is still going strong today. It's really, it's a, it's a fun promotion to watch, but I mean, the amount of just highly rated matches that Masao has had over the course of his career. I mean, you could spend a month watching that guy wrestle in five-star matches, dude. And, and that's, that's not even a lie. I mean, he's, he's such an innovator of that Kings road style, man. And it's just, it's the innovation the 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 fact that he helped start Noah, I mean, it's there's so much there's there's so much to take in with this guy that it's hard to it's hard to even know where to start really talking about that guy. But that um, that uh, Kobashi match, um, New Year Giant Series '97 from All Japan is is amazing. I mean, you can get into the accolades, Baker. We'll probably probably talk more about stuff from that, but. Um, I, I really do think that when we look back on this list again, you know, two years down the road, on the road, whenever we, we're going to, you know, do an, do another 100, um, he's probably going to be 40 spots higher than what he is right well, now. And and here's the, here's the most important thing, right? And this is why we're wrong rating him this low, but he's only rated this low because of what we've seen. Yeah. This guy before this year has the most, Five-star matches ever, 26. Yeah. That was only surpassed this year by Will Ospreay. Who you realize sm- how many that is, dude? You could, you that- could watch a you could watch 
one long ass Masawa five star awesome match every day for a freaking month, dude. Yeah, and, and and that was only surpassed by Osprey this year because Osprey's had the the best year maybe ever, right? Right. Yeah. And so twenty six five star matches, and we'd be remiss to say. The the dude style literally cost him his life, right in the ring. Like, got a he he he, you know, uh, decapitation off of a dragon suplex or whatever. That's that's wild, man. Yeah, and uh, getting him Sawa's uh, some of his uh, he's one of the most decorated observer uh, wrestlers of all time. Best flying wrestler, best wrestling maneuver, feud of the year match of the year uh he won that like five times most outstanding wrestler uh tag team of the year wrestler of the year three times and he was in the observer hall of fame in 1996 uh, i mean just just so people understand like his that was that was really quick really really quick that is the initial class of the observer hall of fame yes. that is the class that has hulk hogan randy savage uh, like the the Bruno San Martin, the biggest names ever are in that '96 class, and he made it. He, it's it was such it was so shocking, and he was so important to wrestling at that time that the other three guys that, that, that were the four pillars of of all Japan at that time, uh, they they all retired. Shortly after that, dude, like that, that is, that is how big it was that that guy died. He had, he had a separation of a top two vertebrae in his neck is what happened. And the guy died in the ring. It was, it, it's just insane. internal decapitation is what they called it, which is, which is why every time, uh, uh, Kota Bushi wrestles and you hear people say, stop landing on your head. Shit. It's because it's because a all time great landed on his head 7,000 times. And, you know, died because of it. I mean, look, man, those guys, they, you talk about just laying it in, man. I mean, they that Kings road style, man, those guys just laying it in dude. And it, unfortunately the tragedy, you know, and, but that shouldn't overshadow everything. Else. You know, you want to look at the positives and say that, you know, the innovation and the fact that he helped Noah and, and was such a big, a big force in all Japan all those years too. I mean, that's, that's what you want to remember about this guy for sure. All right, and moving on to our final three of the day. We got coming in at 63 with 119 points. He was on Andretti's list at 53. He was on Mongoose's list at 65, and he was on JC's list at 66. And that is Finn Balor. And, you know, I got my introduction to Finn whenever he was in NXT, especially as NXT champion uh, in the initial run, not the second run. Uh, but yeah, soup this this guy for somebody that you know started the Bullet Club, which is like the group that has basically started this wrestling renaissance. Are they the longest running faction ever? They, they have to be at this point, I assume. I would think probably right. Maybe. Uh, you know what? It's a it's a really good question. Were there um, break were there breaks or was it continuous? No, it, it's been continuous since 2015-ish, 2014-ish. I mean, we're going on nine years. Well, the horse the horsemen were the horsemen it's, it's the no, it's the horsemen. It's the horsemen. Yeah, but were they even, even with breaks? Were they continuous? Yeah, 
I don't even think that matters because because like a continuous you might be right but yeah that the horseman was I mean that's that's 15 years 15, right probably 15 right somewhere in that neighborhood you say yeah, when, it would have ended when it, during the NWO run right basically yeah pretty much yeah anyway but yeah so, somebody like Finn Balor who you know he's super decorated in New Japan Pro Wrestling goes to WWE literally looks like he was going to be anointed the king after this NXT run goes into that SummerSlam becomes the first universal champion annihilates his shoulder into pieces in that match and then literally has been kind of bounced around all over the place never really ever got his footing again in the WWE on the main roster yes they know what well, and 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 since he's been healthy, he's he's so good. Yes, he's so good in this role right right now. Like, I'm glad that you mentioned that he was the chosen one because he was. So I did not see a second of Finn Balor in NXT in lifetime. And when he was called up, I remember hearing about this Demon King, right? Demon King, whatever, Demon King, and then. When I saw Seth, uh, Seth Rollins go, hey, hey, what do you think about the demon? And it, doom, doom. Hey, what is the demon? Doom, doom. And I'm like, oh, oh, right? Yeah. And it goes, and, and we get hard guitar, right? Yeah. And he starts crawling in smoke. And I was like, okay, this is that dude. Well, then it was that dude because that match with Seth was incredible. He was the number one draft pick of Raw that year. He wins the Universal Championship, gets hurt by no fault of his own. And then that made me, with Baby Mongoose, go back into the Wayback Machine. She adores, adores Finn Balor. Dude, I have, I, I am down to like nine people that I have their figures in the Detolf over here. And one of them is Finn Balor NXT takeover with the chainsaw because baby mongoose loves Texas chainsaw Finn brother. And we, I couldn't tell you how many times we watched the video of, of uh, Finn Balor's greatest entrances because he's so good at it. That, that fan art thing that he would do with the stuff painted all over him um, the Samoa Joe matches, the cage match insane in nxt uh i go back and i see that finn balor started the bullet club you know in in retrospect to see that uh the young bucks calling him ferg right like oh yeah ferg was our leader and blah 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 and then like to see that like i always i, I say this again and again in the show i love when people like each other man that that's my favorite thing is when people like each other but fight each other like they hate each other you know and when 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 i hear guys like the young bucks that are pretty much you know universally like oh these guys are good and fun to work with when i still hear them say things like oh well you were you weren't as good a leader as ferg was <laughs> Like that stuff, that stuff makes me feel good because you know they're texting and be like, yo, Finn, check out being the elite today. You know, like I I, I do seriously like that stuff a lot. Um, and Finn Balor in the judgment day, 
The WWE has not made a lot of mistakes recently. There's no reason that Finn Balor did not beat Seth Rollins and that the internal fight was briefcase uh, Damian Priest with champion Finn Balor. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know why that didn't happen. They might have a reason why, but Finn, Finn is, he's at the top of his game, man. And he's 40 years old. And right. so, and that's, that's awesome. Really you know what I awesome. watched Mongers last night? I watched the Wrestle Kingdom 8 match with him and Ibushi. And, and the thing that's cool, like the whole match is excellent, of course, but the beginning of the match, Balor like blows open a casket and comes out, and comes out of the car, come out, comes out of a casket dressed as the freaking demon and like walks to the ring like a zombie. And I was like, dude, this is so freaking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's just really cool that he found like, obviously him doing that was his deal and he was able to keep that as his deal. And I also do respect that like him being a judgment day guy, this is something that he can do. If he wants to wrestle when he's 49, he can come back as the demon King and be undertaker ish. Not, you know what I mean? Like not supernatural style, but like, He's he's got us believing his wrestling fans that like bro when you're in the demon gear <laughs> he ain't beating this guy and that, I love that stuff man I I really seriously do I I love that stuff All right so we got uh two more left so we got number 62 with 120 points came in at Andretti's list at 45 came in at Mongoose's list of 37 and number 62 is Koda Abushi. I know Mongoose has got a lot to say about Abushi, so take it away. Listen, man. Koda Abushi is he's he's that dude. I just said that Finn Balor's that dude. You're not that dude because Koda Abushi is. You're that that dude, uh, Finn Balor. But listen, Cody Abushi, Cody, yeah, Gallagher. Uh, red zone old spice red zone player of the year candidate yeah. 25 touchdowns right yeah. dude kota Ibushi is so great the only thing that sucks is that if we do this list a couple of years from now he, he might fall because post injury kota Ibushi is not pre-injury kota Ibushi, and it's not his fault but what is his fault is that Kenny Omega is his age and Kenny Omega, every time he walks in the ring is in a four and a half star match. And Kota Ibushi went from being ageless, acrobatic, insane physique, insane strikes, like crisp, fast, all this to slower, right? Not bad. But slower. So if if I never saw Kota Ibushi in 2017, 2018, 2019, and I saw Kota Ibushi now, he would be like top 15. And I see Kota Ibushi now and he's, you know, like, and that we made this list. Whenever we got to see him, and I, I fear that he will fall further but that being said, there is a reason that he was named the first ever new era, new Japan double champion, you know, like 
all these accolades went to him. He would never sign a contract with New Japan. And then they signed him to a lifetime contract that somehow ended after f- four years, whatever, whatever that is. Um, but this guy has just four and a half star match after four and a half star match. And, uh, you know, his match with Omega at the G1 semis, uh, I believe it's 2018. Maybe, yeah, I think it's 2018 is just incredible. He's in a three way with Omega and Cody Rhodes. That is incredible. Um, he goes on to win that championship. He has a match with uh, Shingo the, uh, Takagi that's in, out of this world. Um, him and Osprey is great. Him and Okada is great. Uh, he's he's just, he's top notch. 13 five-star matches, man. Like, 13 five-star matches is, you know, 12 more than, or 10 more than The Undertaker has. And that's I mean, not, the, the, it's not a dig to The Undertaker. Like, that's, yeah. That's that's a big deal. There's the striking with him and the athleticism with him and his prime is just off the chain. I mean, I think my my first real introduction to him was through the the 2016 Cruiserweight Classic that he did in NXT, and he was a part of that. And dude, the guy just flies off the TV, man. You talk about a guy that just looks the part, so charismatic, just an an ass kicker to the tenth tenth degree, man. Jumps off the TV every time you see him. I mean that fantastic, man. I I, I love Ibushi. I'm a big Ibushi guy. And that, like I said, that match with him and uh, him and Balor at, at Wrestle Kingdom eight that we talked about during when we talked about Finn. Um, go watch that, man. If you want to see two guys go in there and, and have a two of the two of the best of the last you know ten years, go at it. That's the that's the, that's a match you want to go check out. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, for somebody like him, he was uh, he's like you said, Mongoose, he was uh, Observer Hall of Fame 2022 best flying wrestler, best match of the year uh, in 2015 with Nakamura. Um, And and for me, he was in like my favorite tag team match with uh, the Gold Lovers versus Young Bucks at the uh, Strong Style Evolve show from 2018. Like that, that match is absolutely insane. And kind of the reason he kind of didn't make my list was. I, I've I've kind of forgot about him for all these years. He's been hurt, and you know it's it's sad that he's hurt, and just kind of haven't been thinking about him as much as what I probably should. Yeah, and and look, man, we just talked about Masawa, right? So the, these these guys will these guys will get where they need to be. Yeah, we we just got to keep keep being friends and making audio. <laughs> All right, and our final entrant of the day coming in at number 61 with 122 points. He was on Mongoose's list at 62, Andretti's list at 51, and my list at 61. So somebody that was pretty evenly rated throughout everybody's list here, and that is Christian Cage. And for me, Christian, he's by far doing his absolute best work of his career as of today's recording date here in november of 2023 he is doing the absolute best work of his career with the whole uh tnt championship with luchasaurus and edge and all that obviously he is my my favorite wwe tag team of all time outside of booker t and gold dust is edge and christian and i love Edge and christian those were my favorite uh favorites whenever i got into wrestling then christian uh, breaks away from them, goes into the peeps and his peep show, 
And I loved his intercontinental, those early 2000s intercontinental uh, runs with him and Jericho. Um, and then doing like the stuff with Tristratus at that WrestleMania, like all of that is great stuff. And always, you always felt that Christian, Christian never did get to the, the level that edge ever got at WWE. He was never that ultra superstar that edge was, but you always knew that Christian was going to give you a good match. And, you know, it turns out that he's like Tony Khan's like favorite wrestler in a weird way. Probably would have never guessed that. Um, but you know, whenever he came into AEW, like he's, I mean, outside of the, before that stuff, you know, he was in TNA and impact and all that won the NWA, uh, championship, uh, but still like that stuff I didn't see, but from, you know, what I've seen in WWE, obviously, and then, you know, this AEW stuff, absolutely deserving to be on the list. I love Christian and, uh, super excited, you know, to see what he does this weekend at full gear. And he's, I mean, he's one of the most believable people in wrestling, you know, and he's, he's super respected and all of that is justified. I mean, he's, he's going to be the guy that is going to be inspiring the next generation. I really, I really think that he's going to be one of the top guys to inspire the next generation. His history, in my opinion, is going to be super kind to Christian Cage. Oh yeah. And you know, what's here's the best thing about Christian is that his debut in AEW was as poop fart a debut as there could have been. And all he did was turn himself into a goddamn superstar. Yes. So that that's how good he is. Seriously, man, is that we thought, is this Brock Lesnar? Is this Bill Goldberg? Is this blah, blah, blah? And, and it's Christian, right? And you put your <laughs> hand above your eyebrows. And um, of course you bring in a new signing as a baby face and the fact that he was able to see, you know what? I'm not a big over baby face. So let me just make fun of everybody whose dads are dead. Like, <laughs> and, and the thing is, is like, obviously you don't, you don't do those things without approval. Right? So he goes to everybody whose dad's dead. And say, look, I'm going to bury you because your dad isn't alive anymore. And he made it work, man, because it's it's one thing to get cheap heat. But he would get it in a way that would really make people want to fight the guy. Yeah. And he, he wears a sleeveless turtleneck so to the ring. Oh. Yes. Yes. That Jungle Boy casket match is insane. I like there's I've seen four or five Christian matches in the last year that are just top notch. So yes, well, that, that's what I wanted to say too. Was he he might have had the best matches overall for a performer in AEW's history? Uh not I because Kenny Omega's in the ring and we have Kenny Omega, Pac, Kenny Omega, uh, Phoenix, Kenny Omega. That, that that's that's the only tough thing. But as far as a persona, I think that you'd be right there. Like, has, like, has anybody has anybody benefited more? Now, I, I know there's a case for MJF, but has anybody benefited more from AEW's existence than Christian Cage? Sting. As, as a talent. Well, okay, maybe Sting, yeah. That, and, and it's only because they book Sting better than any legend has ever been booked. I and think, I mean I think that. Sting might be booking Sting, but yeah. But, but, but that, you know, but that, so it, it literally would though, Kenny Omega has not been booked as good as Sting or Christian Gage. 
No. So, so yes. So I, I do agree with you there. Yeah. Kenny Omega's had better matches than Christian Cage, but I do believe booking wise that Sting and Christian Cage probably are the two people that have benefited the most from their existence. I would, I would say that you're right there. Uh, we have that wraps up our show today. That was 70 through 61. We appreciate everyone uh, checking us out and listening over the past week uh, with, uh, the tooth and nail make sure you check out we got a big one next week with hot shots wrestlemania that's going to be the closing of that series and then we're going to be onward and upward with this uh, posky 100 going to the end with the uh getting to number one and then we got the holiday award show so and you know just thrown in here as well that saturday night's main event that we'll eventually do here too so <laughs> uh but yeah uh we got uh mongoose in here we had andretti in here today and jc was from a undisclosed location wrapped up in some uh, local university so uh we will see you all next time on the pod ski